Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And this is Taurus by Chance, where we come and talk all things movies, television, streaming, sometimes sports, and everything in between. And this week, what was our theme this week? Oh, it's right. We're in the middle. We are in the midst of Black History Month. Thousand people. So in- indeed, yeah. So we decided to. This is our annual Black History episode. Uh, last week we uh, we doubled uh, we doubled Boys in the Hood Men's Society. And this week we are looking at uh, 90s, Af- 90s black cinema classic, New Jack City. But before that, we get into our usual stuff. Russell has, con- not, has continued to not watch Game of Thrones. Bringing that back. Uh, but but, but you, you are bringing that back. But uh, the, the listeners will be happy to know that I have completed seasons one and two of the Netflix show, You. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's what you went to? But why? Dude, dude, my wife. Okay, so my wife had been hearing about this show, and you've been hearing a lot about it. I'm, and um, I've been hearing a lot about it. My, my mom watches this show. Well, so like I started watching it. And yeah, I got hooked into it, and then we started. We actually started, you know, chopping away at it pretty good. So we finished the first season, went on to the second season, finished that pretty pretty quick. So I have it in me when the show gets my attention. I was just I wanted answers, you know what I mean? Like I, it was one of those ones where you you, you want to see what the heck, heck's going on. Um, and yeah, so I, I have watched the first two seasons of You. Uh, so many movies, <laughs> reaction. I want answers. But wow, I know. A- but but now the fun part about that is all that work, and I have to wait a year. Yeah, because the season three is not coming out till twenty twenty one. So I I felt like I. We did all that work for nothing, you know? Oh, uh, sure, yeah, because the, the season season two just dropped this year, didn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, so now I gotta wait, and then I'll probably forget everything, and probably, you know, forget about it. So, all right, well, either well, maybe I'll get maybe I'll get a chance to you know watch some of the other shows which I get you to watch, you know, like there's Game of Thrones, Game of, Ga- watch the first there's season Game of Thrones, yes, watch the first season Mandalorian, watch yeah, the Watchmen. Watchmen. The watch, watchman. Yeah, and I've disappointed everybody. I went with you. Ah, uh, you bastard! So, All right, fine, fine. There, there's that. You just, you just point me. All right. Well, regardless, uh, uh, going into our <laughs> normal segments. One of the, one of the days you're just gonna start Game of Thrones again. You can be like, wait, what? You did, you did, huh? Yeah, I need to. Yeah, I'm gonna watch and be like, uh, what just happened? If I if I start, I'll start from the beginning of season two. I think because I was only like three or four episodes into season two, so I think if I would start it again, I would just go right back into season two at the beginning. All right, well, uh, regardless, we have our usual segment. First of which is the trailer uh, trailer talk. We have we actually have a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Uh, first of which is the trailer for the Jesus Rolls, the one that's not like super big, but I I'm actually pretty excited about it. So the Jesus Rolls is a spin-off movie of the character Jesus Quintana from uh, the Big Lebowski. John Turturro is reprising his role. He's also directing the film. This movie is actually a remake of sorts of a French film called Going Places about three uh, three people who take a road trip. Uh, in addition to John Turturro, you have Bobby Cannavale, Susan Sarandon, uh, Pete Davidson's in a minor role, John Hamm's in a, in a Christopher Walken's going to be in it. I'm not sure how much, but he's in the movie. Uh, Russell, how do you feel about the Big Lebowski and how... What do you think of the trailer for the Jesus Rolls? Well, I mean, The Big Lebowski is a classic, you know, Coen Brothers classic. Um, I have not revisited that for quite some time. I'd like to actually watch that again. Um, but yeah, I just remember, you know, he was such a big character in it, uh, you know, licking the bowling ball so significant, you know, so um, 
iconic from the film. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how they're gonna like how Totoro's gonna do this and the reception of it because this is this is 20 plus years later. You know what I mean? From the Big Lebowski, so I'm kind of like, is the interest still there for people? Um, but it looks, I mean, it looks funny. I mean, it looks, it has that, you know, Lebowski grit to it. So, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but it's just, is everybody else going to look forward to it? Do you know what I mean? It's true. Although I mean, especially because, like I said, 20, 20 plus years, I mean. At the same time, it doesn't look like it was, like, overly expensive to make. I mean, probably, it's probably oh, like dirt no. cheap. Oh, no, this movie, there's nothing in this movie that's, like, you know, screaming like tons of money they throw at it, but we, we say that like now, I said, it's just, get, we say that now, but then they get to the third X guy beam, and then it's just like, oh god, come on! Oh, that's like, what, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's, I think this looks like really, I, I think it was really interesting. And yeah, Big Lebowski is my favorite comedy of all time, so I'm naturally gonna be looking forward to this. When it, I'm not sure if it has a wide release yet. Let me just double check. Because I know the trailer didn't say anything. Trailer did not say anything. That's why. That's why I got a. Okay, yeah, it's set for a, a release. Oh well, it's supposed to be coming out at the end of the month. I'm not sure how how wide a release is going to get, but it's going to be available in some territories. February twenty eighth, twenty. I'm sorry, twenty twenty. So, be on be on the lookout for that. <laughs> uh, the next trailer we're talking about today is for Resistance. So Resistance or Resistance. I'm not sure how I pronounce it. Uh, this is a bi- uh, a biopic about Mar- uh, famous mime and actor Marcel Marceau. And if you don't know who that is, you do. You just don't know it. Uh, he uh, he was he's maybe the most famous mime of all time, and he's like in he's not as iconic in the world of mime, in the world of entertainment. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg is playing him alongside Ed Harris, who's playing uh, <laughs> he's playing General Patton. Would I think that was funny? Yeah, don't don't. Yeah, don't know how believable that is, but okay. <laughs> I mean, if George C. Scott can do it, why not Ed Harris? Uh, you sure. Also, you also have uh, Edgar Ramirez, Clemens Posey, uh, uh, others in this movie, a bunch of, I'm assuming, famous French actors because I don't recognize a lot of the names. Uh, but, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Resistance? To me, it was one of those films. It was just a typical, you know, is this a World War II? Yeah, World War II film. Typical World War II, you know what I mean? I feel like we've. I mean, seeing these different types of, of films before, I'm kind of curious how many films like in in Hollywood in general have we seen about World War II, or the backdrop of it is in World War II. You know what I mean? World War II is hot right now. Yeah, I mean it is, and I get it because there's so much going on. I, I totally get it. Um, this movie looks fine. Um, Jesse Eisenberg does look like he is kind of stepping out of his comfort zone a little bit to uh, showcase a little bit of his acting chops Um, because, you know, he's always in, like, pretty much comedies outside of, uh, well, you could still say Superman. Batman vs. Superman is a comedy, too. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks okay. But like I said, it's it's one of those films where I feel like I've seen this before. I feel like I got... I got pretty much like a uh, life is beautiful vibe from this film. I don't know if you got that when I was when you were watching this at all. Bit. Almost just, just this one didn't make me sick to my stomach. No, 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 totally didn't. But you know what I mean. It's just yeah. that basically that you know you're really trying to shelter you know the children from these heinous activities that are going on, and that's the kind of vibe I got from it. But um, I mean, it looks okay. I mean, it's it, like a, like I said, it's a typical World War II type film. 
Okay, so, so speaking about the World War II movie, let's let's see. I, I went to Letterboxd just 2010s, put war. Let's see. Uh, Dunkirk, Jojo Rabbit, The Imitation Game, Hacksaw Ridge. Well, Fury, Fury was World War II, right? It was. Fury's, yeah. Fury's World War II. Uh, Overlord. Yep. Uh, a Hidden Life. I believe Allied. Said, well, Allied is World War II. Allied. Brad, another Brad Pitt one. Uh, the Monuments Men. Unbroken. Uh, what else we got? And that's just 2010s. Yeah, this this is this is just 2010s. Uh, Midway. Yeah, this is just Midway's Pearl Harbor. Yep. Uh, let's see what else we got. Yeah, so yeah, like what World War Two? That's like, still a lot. I mean, no, and, and there's and there's still like a ton a ton more that we're not getting into. But like, yeah, World War Two, that, that's a it's, it's it's a hot war to make movies about. <laughs> Well, that's not even counting these like small indie films that like you know you and I never even seen that I'm sure are out there. You know what I mean? The Catcher was a Spy. I think that was World War Two. I think so. I, I just feel like again, like we. I mean, it. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's an oversaturated genre, but I get it because there's so like I said, there's so much going on. That it's so fascinating, and I and I'm a fan because like I. You know, I, I love those types of films where it takes you to that place because they are, and that's why they keep making them. So, I mean, there's always stories you could tell. Um, well, you can even, oh, no, Valkyrie was early before 2010, wasn't it? Valkyrie, Valkyrie was 2009. Yeah, 2009. Was it 09 or? No, 08, 08, 08, 08. Yep. So, like I said, again, World War II, definitely a hot uh, hot topic. But like I, like I said, it's just one of those ones where I feel like we've seen this type of film play out pretty much before. But nonetheless, I mean, it looks okay. I mean, we'll, I mean I'll, we'll, uh, I'll give it a watch. I mean, World War One has World War One has a few hits in the past couple of years. I mean, you got Nine Seventeen, you got Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we're gonna yeah. say Captain America: The First Avenger. That's World War Two. Yeah. I mean, so it's definitely out there. Uh, like I said, I'd be interested to see how many films. I'd say I'd even go further than that. Maybe the last 20, 30 years were made about World War Two. I mean, yeah. definitely more than World War One. For it's, sure, it's, it's it's World War. Oh, definitely, it's it's World oh, War. Absolutely. It's World War Two and Nam. Those are the, if you're gonna make a war movie. It's gonna be about one of those two wars. Seriously, yeah. I mean, you throw Schindler's List in the mix of World War Two. Um, yeah, you got a lot. There's definitely quite a bit. Yeah, I, I, shit. You look at a fucking the 1998. You had Thin Red Line, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, there was another, there was another war movie that came out that year. That's about Vietnam. That and two of those were nominated for Best Picture. Two of them were nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, so. There was another one in '98 too, huh? wasn't there? There was. Oh, I just, I just can't and then it. like I'm, uh, but there's other war films like I. And it's not not World War Two, but Tears of the Sun. I think that was like, um, oh, what the hell was that setting? That Bruce Willis movie. Uh, I forget. And then you have Black Hawk Down. Obviously, was more like, uh, well, that's like Iraq, not Desert that's, Storm. That, that's no, it wasn't Iraq. It was Desert Storm, wasn't it? Was Was it Desert Storm? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, because I thought that was early '90s when I, they took place on that. But like I said, war—I mean, war movies are just such a hot, hot seller. I mean, like just—I mean—and like we've just showcased like you know 20, 25 films in the last you know 20, 25 years of filmmaking. So like, it's it's quite a uh, quite a you know definitely quite an audience that you, that, that that it garners because they wouldn't make these films if they they weren't selling. Uh, well, uh, either way, uh, res- the resistance is set for a March twenty seventh, twenty twenty release here in the states. Uh, next show we're talking about right now is for the hunt. Yes, the hunt is finally Ooh. the hunt is finally getting released. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no! Uh, oh man, the movie that you 
can't that you didn't know you wanted to see the movie that was too dangerous to see. Ooh, but now you get to see it. <laughs> this comes it got released on March thirteenth, twenty twenty, and uh, yeah, it is uh, it is based loosely on Richard Connell's uh, short story, The Most Dangerous Game, uh, in which uh, people tra- uh, people are hunted. Features an all sarcastic, including uh, Betty Gilpin, like Baron Holt and Roberts, Hilary Swank, uh, Justin Hartley, and a bunch and a bunch of other people. Cooling Stardust Simpson is popping up in a lot of movies recently. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I was looking forward to the hunt before they got pulled. I'm, st- I'm now really looking forward to it. I think Damon Lindelof said he wants, he specifically wants Donald Trump to watch it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I mean, definitely, I mean, I, I'm, I'm interested in it. Um, I just feel like, you know, boy, we, we waited the last minute to throw out a trailer for this film, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I mean, the the, whole, the the stuff getting pulled should be enough of publicity. I mean, it definitely, oh, absolutely, and it, I mean, it gets me in there because I I like those types of films because you remember the Condemned with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I do. Um, that was that was kind. Of, well, he was in it, and it was uh, it was pretty much like Hunt for Sport types uh, a film. So, uh, and they put all these people on a like on a deserted island or whatever, and they're like they have people like gambling or like placing bets on who they think is going to win. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it gave me like a little bit of that vibe. But nonetheless, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, I like, uh, you know, good old mindless, gruesome action. So this this should be fun. I mean, this is, this is a similar tactic to what Sony, or not what Sony did, because I didn't believe that had choice, but when uh, Sony pulled the interview from theaters. Like back in yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. That got, that got some... I got some blowback. It did, but then, but then, they ended up, but then, like all the blowback just basically for free publicity, and then ended up getting loose anyway. Yeah, and I really liked the interview. I never actually really. I started watching it. I never finished it because it just was. I don't. know. It just wasn't my, wasn't my style. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And the hunt, like we said, for a March thirteenth, twenty twenty release. Uh, next show we're talking about is for the French Dispatch. Uh, so the French Dispatch is. The upcoming movie from director Wes Anderson, he wrote and directed this once again, has an all-star cast. Like, I mean, seriously, like he, but he, when he makes movies, people come to play. Well, he he recycles a ton of them, though. Oh, he does. Like, like are there yeah. people who are in like a, a ton of his films. Your your, your staples, your Bill Murray, I mean, your, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, your Bill Murray's, your Owen Wilson, but also you got Benicio del Toro, yeah, Adrian Brody, Tilda Swinton, Leah Sadu, Francis McDormand, Timothy Chalamet, who. I wonder if uh, James Mangold's album "Why Did Bob Dylan" based on his look in this movie? Because I yeah. saw it, I'm just like, that's fucking Bob Dylan. And then you have a reuniting with uh, Saoirse Ronan from Little Women, Saoirse, yeah, Saoirse Man, which I think was kind of fun. Their their career's gonna be so tied together. <laughs> she, I'm telling you what, though, she is on a roll. She is. I mean, just 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 the sheer fact of movies that she's been in. But look look at all the actors she's worked or uh, directors she's worked with too. Oh yeah, I mean uh, Greta Greta Gerwig, Peter Jackson, Greta Gerwig, Wes Anderson, Peter. Yeah, I mean it's quite a bit, man. Uh, yeah, and she's Joe, and she's Joe and she's very 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 young. Yeah, Jimmy, she's she's a. I think I think she'll be one of our like best best actresses. I think so too. I think she's gonna be like our Kate Blanchett. I think. I could see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, or, for sure. Or or our, or our Meryl Streep, but either way. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer? How, how, how are you on Wes Anderson's films, and do you like the look of the French Dispatch? <laughs> French Dispatch is a typical Wes Anderson film. I mean, even if you it didn't is. even know, 
literally watching the trailer, you would automatically know it's a Wes Anderson film. Um, I've watched the majority of his films. I just, some of them I can take. Some of them I'm just like, man, I just, I just don't get it sometimes. Like, uh, the one that really, I just was, um, hotel, the Grand Budapest Hotel I watched. And I remember watching, I'm just like, just didn't see what everybody saw in it. I, I, I know maybe I need to revisit it again. Um, he's a hit or miss director for me. Um, for I, I like the life aquatic with Steve Zuzu. I, and, and that's just how he is. I get it. I mean, but I respect him as a filmmaker. I still think he puts out good quality. He's just, it's an acquired taste. I would call it an acquired taste for Wes Anderson. I would agree. Um, you know, the, you know, the life aquatic I enjoyed, um, the Darjeeling limited was pretty good. I mean, you have like some of his films, like I said, um, I didn't see bottle rockets. Um, I'm trying to think what else did he do? He did, um, what was another earlier one he did? He, he didn't do, um, Oh my God, I can't think of it. Anyway, I'm trying to think of that. I'm trying to think. After Bottle Rocket, he did something else. Didn't he do. Uh, um, Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums is fantastic. I like that movie a lot. Um, but like I said, he's one of those you know, hit or miss. But um, this one looks like a typical Wes Anderson film. Uh, the, the, I Love Dogs. I Love Dogs was pretty good. I enjoyed I did enjoy that one. I think that was his last one he did, right? Uh, I, yeah, that was the last one he did. Which I, I, I enjoyed. It was something different. But again, it is, you know, it, it has that feel of a Wes Anderson film. And I think that's why, that was, that's what usually, that, that's what makes him a unique filmmaker, I think. He really puts his stamp on it. It's his, you know. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to The French Dispatch, though. You have a ton of talent and you have, you know, a, a good director. Like I said, some of his movies... They, they, they aren't all hits, but, I mean, he, he still puts his aesthetic on it, and I appreciate that. Yeah, no, for real. I think that uh, – I, I, think, I think he's always doing something really, inter- really interesting. Like, man, I connect with everybody, but I, yeah. I, I really dig his songs. I think he's a really talented director. I like his sensibilities. And, yeah, yeah definitely looking forward to the French Dispatch when it drops July 24th, 2020. That's, uh, a, big, that's a big release date for, uh, for a Wes Anderson film. Yeah, it is. Usually, his his films usually never go into summer like that. They're always usually like fall. No, it's usually over spring. I think like both. I think like Grand Budapest opened February. Or spring. And uh, I want to say Isle, Isle of Dogs was February, wasn't it? Isle of Dogs was like like between February February and April, one of those months. Cause... Yeah, because I remember those being like an early early of the year. Yeah, but yeah, no, uh, he had a prime summer release date. So, uh, who this is a. Oh, it's a searchlight, so this is a uh, technically a Disney film, and it will be um, uh, so it might, might be looking to be a big like Oscar contender this year. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, next piece of news. I'm oh, sorry. Next trailer we're talking about is for what well, probably my favorite one we're talking about right now. That's for the Green Knight. Uh, the Green Knight is an A24 fantasy film, uh, a med- medieval fantasy film starring Dev Patel. Uh, it's also starring Alicia Vikander, uh, Joel Edgerton, Barry Keoghan, Ralph, Ralph Ineson, Sean Harris, uh, directed by David Lowry. He's the guy who did the, he, he did, um, oh, The Old Man of the Gun, he did Ain't the Body Saints, he directed the remake of Peach Dragon. Really talented dude, David Lowry. Uh, and it's based off, uh, it's based on a novel that no one really knows the writer, <laughs> or, sorry, uh, it's based off a story that no one really knows who wrote it, but it's, uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, so... Russell, what do you think of the trailer for the Green Knight? I mean, I was I was hooked. It gave you just just the right amount. You didn't get a whole lot from it, but like, can we just like shout out to A twenty four? They're constantly 
you know, they're constantly challenging themselves as a studio, picking up these different films, you know what I mean? Like, just all different types of genres, really. Not even just horror, but, like, you know, independent films. Like, you have, like, you know, uh, Lady Bird and, you know, you know films like that. Um, yeah, Green Knight is something completely different. You would not have, have assumed that A24 would attach its name on it. But, um, yeah, I... Well, especially, I, especially because like, this is something... They've never done anything quite like this. They've done, they've done like, their no. sci-fi... They've done, like, their sci-fi movies. They've done... You know, like drama, but they didn't have any like, like you know, like heavy fantasy. Like, I mean, they did a ghost story, but that's probably the closest they gotten. But yeah, for that, and what wasn't X Machina and I eight eight twenty four? It was eight twenty four. So they done like yeah. So I mean, you you got your sci fi there too. So I mean, uh, but usually they're really known for like the horror. Yeah, well, horror, films. drama, comedy, drama. Like yeah, Florida Florida Project. I think was eight twenty four. They got a lot. Of, I mean, they have so many, they're so really many. Impressive. I like it. Yeah, I, I give them props for attempting something yeah. like this i do too and it's nice to see dev patel like i mean again in uh i, be, I believe he was in my number 10 film of the year hotel mumbai bye <laughs> which you still haven't watched which number, I, no i still have not watched it oh man gotta watch it man i'm telling you it's gonna be one of those chappaquiddick films dude you're gonna you're gonna appreciate it. you're gonna be like you know what damn i, I wish i would have seen that i remember it was only out for a couple weeks at, at the regal theater i saw it at it was gone so not a lot of people got to got to watch it, unfortunately. I, I, I will I will check it out, but yeah, I mean, Dev Patel, he's someone who could be just like burnt out after some some that millionaire, but he started taking he started taking a lot of like really like different like really different kind of roles. And I really appreciate that. Dev Patel's a really good actor. He is. He's he's really solid. And yeah, I mean, when you <clears throat> you know you're so in an acclaimed film, you know, the Oscar winner for best picture, you know. Uh, what are you gonna do after? And he's been real select about. It. Like he was even good in Lion, it was really good. I, I enjoyed that film too. I believe that's the one with him and Nicole Kidman. Yes. Um, I thought that was you know a well done film too. That like I think was was somebody nominated for that for Lion? Uh, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman and Dipatel actually. Yeah. Okay. That's right. I, I was pretty sure he was nominated. I thought it was a fantastic film. I, I re- like I said, he's a really good actor, and he's got he's absolutely gonna. He will get an Oscar uh, one of these days because I, I think he really does have a lot of range as an actor. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. So, and The Green Knight, I think that was awesome. I can't wait to see it. Set for a release uh, May 29th, 2020. Uh, next show, I think we only have like a few more left. Uh, the next one we're talking about is, let me double check. Uh, oh, yeah, well, we have some TV to talk about. First of which is. Uh, Amazing Stories. Apple TV Plus is bringing this store, this show back. So, you know, do you know Amazing Stories, Russell? I do not. So Amazing Stories was a show that ran in, I believe, during the I think like early '90s, maybe like late '80s, early '90s. It, it was a Spielberg-produced show, and it was basically it was an anthology. Okay. And it was basically like the Twilight Zone, if but the Twilight Zone, Tales of the Crypt, but like less. It wasn't really like a horror show. Like it was just a bunch of like different kinds of stories, and it was it was it was like a really interesting, really fun kind of show. I I, I do like yeah. anthologies kind of like that, and they also it it was it's like you know it had that Twilight Zone, uh, Tales from the Crypt film, which I did they did manage to bring like a lot of big stars into it, like okay. uh, Ke- like Kevin Costner was on an episode, Charlie Sheen who was huge at the time, uh, John Lithgow, Harvey Keitel was on one. They, they they managed to bring in a lot of like really interesting actors to do this show. Um, and yeah, this one is coming back for Apple TV Plus, which uh, I will say I'm not sure if you do. I I had this just because I got a new phone recently, 
and they gave us a, they gave me a free year of Apple TV Plus. So I wouldn't watch this. Welcome to the uh, world of uh, iPhones. Uh, you didn't have an iPhone before, did you? No, I did. Did you? I did. I, oh. I, I had an iPhone oh. since I was a freshman in high school. Oh Jesus! Now, now I feel like I don't pay attention. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, because I like I went like there was one small gap in the iPhones. I went. Uh, I went for a um, Samsung. I think it was. I believe was it a Samsung or it was um, I forget. Anyway, it was. It was. It wasn't Galaxy? an. I, I don't know if it's a Galaxy. I'm trying to think what the hell what the hell kind of phone it was. Can't remember. It was right after an iPhone, but I, because I, I remember I had gotten the first iPhone, a real bulky one, looked like almost like an iPod, and um, yeah, I, I'm just a big fan of the, uh, the iPhones. But um, oh yeah, what, yeah, what, no, what I mean, you have to this, utilize uh, it. You get a free, you get a free thing for. It. I mean, why not? Yeah, why not? But anyway, what do you think of the look of this? Uh, what, what do you think of the look of this show? It looks, I mean, it looks good. It reminds me almost kind of like almost kind of like an X Men ish type feel, kind of how you said with. Um, you know, uh, you, you said that with like Tales from the Crypt and like Twilight Zone mixed with maybe like I like I said with like X Men, just because of the fact that like you have like this grandfather with like superhuman strength or something like that, just like kind of like reminds me of like that, like the mutants and stuff like that. But I mean, it looks good for sure. I, like I said, I just don't have Apple TV, so uh, probably I'll pass on this one. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Uh, Apple TV Plus. Apple TV is trying to. They're trying to pull in some numbers because I, I don't imagine they're doing super well because they can't. There's so much. There's so many streaming services out there though there now. There are, and there's also. It just also just seems like there's nothing on this service that I don't think would be like a huge draw. No, like literally, I have Netflix. I have Disney Plus. Um, we have Hulu. I think that's really about it. But that's a lot. I mean, that's still that's still a lot though. It's just it's tough. It's it's tough to stay current with all these things. Me, but, but like, hey, we're, we're we're saying this now. Once they get that twenty five million dollar Billy Eilish documentary, it's gonna that's that's what's gonna get everyone. On, that's what's gonna get everyone it's on a done board. deal. It's 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 it's, it's all deal. yeah. It's it's all downhill from there. Got the check. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the show. I, I think it's interesting. I'm definitely gonna be tuning in. Most mostly, I think we're gonna be tuning in because Robert Forster's in this trailer, who just passed away, and this will this will be he passed final. away. I did see him. Final film or final role at all because I mean this isn't a film but yeah shot this. really good actor oh, fantastic actor mm-hmm. very underappreciated but yeah definitely looking forward to this and no word on when this is going to drop but yeah if you have Apple TV Plus which I know is not, not very many of you March sixth March sixth is the yep okay right right around the corner awesome all right uh, next trailer we're talking next next TV show we're talking about right now is for speaking of Netflix. Uh, let's talk let's talk about some Stranger Things four. Uh, so Stranger Things four, the first trailer or first tease I should say dropped. Uh, it's called From Russia with Love. Uh, basically, yeah, a Russian tournament camp, and guess who we should see is alive from season three. Spoiler alert! No, Hopper's no. back. What? You didn't? You weren't gonna kill him off in season three? What? I thought they were just because. Uh. No, I, there was no way. Even when Beck and I were watching it, man, at the end of it, when you just see, what, there wasn't there an item left? Wasn't there something left behind of his, or that he was just completely gone at the end? He just vanished. No, he was he was, he was just gone. We thought I we thought, thought he was got, like a, got vaporized. A, yeah, yeah, no, I Beck and I were talking. There's like, there's no way they're gonna kill him off. He's such a big, you know, big, uh, you know, 
cast member in that film or in, in that in that show. I, I could, I really wouldn't be able to see them uh, kill him off. So well, I'm kind of glad you, that you, he. Look, you know what? I th- I think, I think in Hellboy taking off in the way they wanted it to, he wouldn't he wouldn't be coming back. Yeah. Listen, I thought he was fine as Hellboy. I, he really was. I, He's not the he problem. The movie sucks. Just, I mean, he he wasn't given a script. It was it was a shit script. It sucked. He tried to make the best of it. He does have that cocky persona like a Ron Perlman, but again, it just it just fell flat, unfortunately. No, I agree. Then, yeah. But yeah, uh, Hopper Hopper is back. So this is something that I kind of I mean, did most of us assume he was coming back and he wasn't really dead? Yeah. Did I want that confirmed? Not really. Yeah, I wish they kind of would have saved it. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, like, do we really need to do that? Like, people are going to go see this no matter what. People are going to watch this because it's it's Stranger Things. You know what I mean? I mean, this this is this is the one show. This is the one show Netflix puts money into, or at least yeah. into, into, into promoting. Because like, I still I still think they need to make a. They're supposed to make another one of that. Um, Vanished in plain sight or whatever. What was that? Abducted in plain sight. Abducted in, pl- abducted in plain oh, sight, too. Oh, my God. Uh, if you can find I'll a- never forget that, dude. If you can find a Denver family than that, I'd be impressed. Oh, my Lord. I'll tell you what. But they said they were going to make another one, I thought. Did- oh, that's right. They did. It. We just haven't heard any movement on it. Yeah. Oh, man. So you they didn't put a lot of money into that, of course. But I feel like promoting-wise, because like, like, look at how many <laughs> Netflix shows get, get canceled. Because no one's watching them. This is like, well, you drop an entire season and don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, they, but they have good, you know, word of mouth with The Witcher. Everybody I've talked to said it's fantastic. I mean, um, apparently had more streams than Mandalorian, which not sure how that's possible, but sure. Hashtag we want Man of Steel too. Actually, we, actually, we do know how it's possible because they released the, their uh, tracking meter. You, you heard this, Russell? Mm-mm. So to count as a view. All you have to do is watch the first two minutes. Oh well, hell, that, that's not that's not how accurate can that be? That's I'm not that, 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 that's, that's stupid. That's fucking cheating. That is cheating. That is that is absolutely cheating. How do you can watch two minutes of? Oh man, no wonder the Irishman did such good uh, numbers for uh, Netflix, man. <laughs> People, you, you watch the opening credits. Yep, I'm done. Opening credits. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Nothing to see here, guys. We're good. But anyways. Uh, yeah, Stranger Things, uh, Stranger Things 4 said dropped this year. No one when, if I had to guess. I'm assuming fall, maybe late I summer. would say September, October, October-ish. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but anyways, uh, last show we're talking about today is for a movie called Big Time Adolescent. Speaking of streaming services, this one is a movie going straight to Hulu. Uh, this is about a this is about a kid who uh, he, his brother starts dating her sis, his sister starts dating a guy played by Pete Davidson. Uh, and then, but they still continue to be friends after the two of them, after they break up and pretty much just their, their adventures through everything. So, uh, this is, this is one premiered Sundance 20, uh, 2019, but it's just getting released now. So, uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Big Time Adolescence? I like this a lot, actually. Um, Me too. just had, it, it had like almost like a super bad like youth and revolt type film where, you know, Pete Davidson's really showing something completely different from him. Um, I was on board with it. I'm I'm really looking forward to this film. I think it's you know it has that comedy mixed with some heart to it. I think it looks really good. No, yeah, I agree. This is one I was I was looking forward to at a Sundance from last year. 
Yeah. Uh, I think I'm not sure who's behind it, but I think it looks. I think it looks really funny. Like I got that super, that super bad feel, which probably a good thing they, yeah. they didn't release it last year because that would have been like super bad part three number four. Yeah, because then you had yeah with uh, Booksmart, Booksmart and Good Boys. Yeah. Yeah, because Good Boys was the same. Yeah, Good Boys, same exact thing. Right, right down to having some of the same actors. Yeah, they're like, we can't do any more, no more super bad type films. Not this year. We, re- we reached our limit. Uh, yeah. But, well, let's save that stuff for next year. Yeah, so uh, this uh, Big Time Adolescence is set for a. It's dropping on Hulu. I can't remember exactly when. I hope. I probably March soon. 20th. March 20th? March 20th. Yep. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll take a word for it. So, March 20th. Big time adolescents, be on the lookout for it. And that brings us to the end of our trailer talk segment. We now move on to notorious news. We have a whole whole lot to talk about today. Uh, first of which, uh, you know, we may as well start with this one. Uh, birds, of, birds of Prey. Actually, sorry. I should say Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Or Birds of Prey, the fantastic participation of Harley Quinn. I don't know what this movie's called anymore because uh, it didn't open so hot. It opened, I believe, around 35. Yeah, that was super disappointing for what they projected Wait, this film no, to go to. That's that that's that's not right. Give me a second. But yeah, it opened. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the expectations were for this film, but it opened. It did open number one. I think the projections were like sixty. Uh, okay. Between sixty and seventy, I thought. No, yeah, I I I think you are right. No, okay. Projections for opening weekend were for fifty fifty five. So, okay, I thought it was between sixty and seventy. Yeah. So, um, but it opened to oh, actually, I was right. It opened to thirty thirty five million dollars, uh, and this is which is the lowest opening for a DC film. Well, it's the lowest opening for any DCEU film. The lowest opening for any DC film since like Jonah Hex. How, and well, well, perspective how not great this is. Green Lantern opened to fifty million. Jeez. Yeah. That's that's a shame. So. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure where exactly the, the, where exactly the downfall of the movie came because, I mean, it got a good word. I'm assuming it had to do with the marketing campaign because, like, I think you and I can both admit the marketing for this movie was awful. It wasn't great, but like, I think you and I can also admit on the flip side of it, the movie was not bad. It was a lot no, better than Suicide Squad. The movie's not awful. It's just it's, no, it's, it's it's enjoyable. I it's something, it's something I, I just tell think, you not to see. No, I'd absolutely recommend it. I mean, for any, I mean. And I and I'm surprised more DC fans just because of that positive you know slope that we've been having of, of films even you know with Shazam with you know Aquaman with Wonder Woman that riding that momentum I thought that we really were on a you know on a good good you know good slide of uh, films here but yeah I mean it wasn't a bad film um, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes I'm not saying that, that that is the end all or be all of a film but still I mean, so when it gets first. good reviews like yeah so yeah yeah. Yeah, but you know. Still, anyway, it's, it's good when you're having good reviews. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, but still, in, you th- in, you you have higher expectations for it for sure. In response to this, though, WB decided to, uh, after it was already released, change the title on ticketing websites from "Birds of Prey: The Fantastic Emancipation of One Harley Quinn" to "Harley Quinn: Birds of Prey," which much, which my my opinion, much better reflects what this movie is actually about. This movie is so very little about the actual Birds of Prey. Yeah, because like how we, you and I were talking about it when we were like talking on Facebook Messenger, it's like they literally were formed like twenty minutes till the end of the film. Like it's not. Yeah, if, if you want yeah. people want to see Birds of Prey, see the Birds of Prey. 
I'm sorry. You were not. God help you. You don't. Yeah. yeah, you didn't get that. No, but yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So movie's not doing super hot. Although, look on on the positive note, though, uh, it should be known this movie didn't cost a whole a whole lot. Like it play it cost around eighty five to one hundred million dollars. So. Uh, it's currently worldwide gross is at 147 million. So there's, uh, and it's pretty good. Chance. I'm pretty sure he's gonna make his money back, most likely. Oh yeah, because they didn't throw a whole lot in the mar- the marketing way of things. Like unfortunately. Well, no, 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 we can't. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that. I'm assuming they probably did. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, it wasn't good marketing. No, that's true. They, they didn't throw any money into good marketing. We can we can say that. Yeah. Let's let's throw that out the different way there. On the flip side, though, something that did surprisingly well: Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. Ah, uh, oh, man, who would have thought that first trailer you and I reviewed on the show here that we laughed about and we said that when it comes out, we're going to do an exception to the rule and and put it on podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and, and wow. <laughs> just, then wow. Then we're like, who's gonna crash? Gonna bomb? No one's gonna give a shit. And we were. So we got a little crub because we we were we were very wrong. Because this. But we didn't also has... know that they were gonna re. Go ahead. We didn't know they were gonna put money back into this film to touch up the the CGI on it though. Either. Well, they did that, and they were out. Yeah, they did that. They bankrupt the studio. Granted, the studio was already going under by the time they did this job. But anyways. Uh, this movie uh, opened to an astounding. Uh, I can't believe it's still. Yeah, uh, fifty-eight million over three days, seventy million over four days, making it the highest-grossing opening weekend for a video game-based movie. And I believe it just inched out uh, Detect- Pokemon Detective it, Pikachu. Yeah, it literally like by two million dollars. Yeah. just inched out Detective Pikachu. Yeah, which that's crazy. I mean, I never like how I said, you know, a couple minutes ago, like you and I, I mean, this movie was a joke. The first trailer, the biggest joke. And but I'm but I like I respect the fact that, you know, the creators of it read the tweets. They took the criticism and they said, you know what, we do need to we need to make this better. And I and I do like give them kudos for that. And because of that, you know, the movie opened bigger than, you know, you and I both thought. Oh, 100 percent. And. Yeah. Also, also got a better reception than I thought. I never thought we would have a fresh rating. Dude, dude, there's no way. I thought this thing was rotten from the get go, man. But we again, did. we didn't know all. We didn't know all the stuff that we were gonna, you know, see them putting back into it. So it is a nice surprise. But uh, and it, it's it's an okay film. It's it's far from bad. I mean, it's 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 okay. At the time of this recording, it's sitting at a sixty four percent right now on Rotten Tomatoes. So not too bad. Not too bad. So uh, we might get that in Sonic franchise after all. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Uh, next, next we're talking about. Uh, we, have, we had some uh, real two really big things dropped recently. First of which is the bonds, the Bond theme for Bond Twenty Five: Havana Nights, No Time to Die. <laughs> because I could take, <laughs> because I could take that title more seriously than No Time to Die. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, the Billie Eilish song, possibly written theme song. I don't know if she wrote, wrote and performed it, but uh, we did hear it. And you know what? I gotta say, props, props to Sony, props to Eon, props for getting people to pay you to make the same song three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, was not was not my favorite Bond theme when I listened to it. I'm just like, eh. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I also I, I was not overly impressed with No Time Today, the song. I wasn't either, though. I think Skyfall. I think um, Writings on the Wall. 
Adele and Sam uh, Sam Smith were so much better, but yeah, well, you know. I mean, I mean. I dig. I, I digress. But but no, that's, that's my better point. Like, cause like when we heard, much I like right yeah. on the wall. Like we all said, like, oh, this is this kind of kind of diet Skyfall, and this song is basically like diet Riders on the wall. <laughs> but it was like a dude version of of Skyfall. Let's let's be honest. It was. Because you know, obviously Adele knocked it out of the park, but like Riders on the Wall was more of like a dude like a dude version of Skyfall. And this feels like basically, um, this basically one just, gave Billy yeah. Eilish like a drum machine and a piano and like go to work. Yeah, and it just uh, it just does not sound. I mean, from somebody like I don't listen to her, but I just know that she gets a lot of like you know accolades for being. I mean, a talented musician, obviously, but like this didn't wow me at all. Like no, it just was yeah. kind of like eh. Yeah, eh. At least those last songs had like a, like had, they, they were like grand. They were like grandiose. They had like a, like a somewhat like epic feel to it. This just feels like a ding ding ding. Like it's, it's yeah. It's, it's just like yeah. It doesn't even feel like, like that personal. Maybe maybe will change my mind in the context of the film, but yeah, as of right now, yeah, not not overly impressed. No time today. It would remind me of a song that they would put you on hold and play it <laughs> on the phone. You know what I'm saying? Like if you were waiting on a call and they said, "Oh, can you hold on one second? That would be the background music. Oh, please, I think. Yeah, hold please. Or like if you're on a elevator. I mean, like that's that type of music. To me, it just didn't wow me. It wasn't a, it wasn't a James Bond theme. Yeah, it's also like at least when the first time I heard Skyfall, like I remember, I, I was like blown away. First time I heard Rise of the Wall, I was really, Aww. I was, I remember like really being into that song. This one I've heard it like three times. I barely, I barely remember it. Because I think they they made it like Adele was perfect. She was huge at that time. It was a perfect, you know, a perfect move to have her sing. Skyfall, and then Sam Smith got real big right there, right around before Skyfall, or uh, before um, Spectre. Oh, what the hell, Spectre. So I, I said, you know, that's a perfect, that's another perfect uh, match, too. This one, I mean, I get it, she's big, but it's like, eh, it's like you didn't give her anything to work with. Like, I just feel like it's just like a meh song. Like, it's not anything, kind of how you said, like, grandiose. Like, there's no big, like, the show off her voice or anything like that, how you get stuff with, like, Adele and with Sam Smith. So, yeah, this one just, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, you, yeah, you also doesn't help that like I, I, I listen to it. It literally has the exact same cadence and like, like, like uh, has the exact same like lyrical pattern as Rise on the Wall, which does not help. Yeah, yeah, no, no that's never a good thing. Yeah, so uh, like I said, no, we're not overly impressed with No Time to Die, but we could, we could like the movie. Who knows? We'll see. I'm also just done with like somber Bond themes. Like that's why that's why I, that's why I love you know my name because like it feels like a it feels like a kick ass James Bond song. Yeah, and, I mean, Skyfall was supposed to be was supposed to be like a deeper story, or a deeper darker story. So I guess deeper darker song makes sense. Spectre should have been the opposite, but we got deeper darker. Like, okay, this is the third time in a row. I'm just like, okay, enough of this. I'm done. Like, <laughs> uh, moving on. Next story we talk about. Uh, speaking of things that get revealed, we have our first look at Robat Bat and Bat in the Batman. Oh yeah, our first bat suit kind of screen test. It's not a not, no official. I mean, no, I mean, there's no official title for it. But yeah, the release of the Batman screen test, kind of the same way. Uh, with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker was revealed, he had that whole screen test. Yeah. Yep. So we get our first look at the bat suit for the Batman, and kinda. The reason I say kinda is because uh, you look at his suit, and you can't really get a good look at it. It's like. It's out of focus for a, for a good amount of it. It's like tinted red. Like it, he looks yeah. like Daredevil for a lot of it. Almost, yeah. 
I do know it's Pattinson just because of that chin. Like you can't, you can't hide. Yeah, that that's chin. the only thing that really sells it. Yeah. No. Uh, but yeah, you don't really see a whole lot of the suit. You don't even you don't even see the ears. I, I think like for me, the ears was gonna make a break it for me because I don't know. I I think the <laughs> this is the weird thing, but I like the longer ears. Cause that's the one thing I didn't like about the Ben Affleck suit. Like I didn't like the yeah, you know, like the little like mountain ears. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like it's like a little like a little poke, but um, regardless, what do you, what do you think of? Is there anything you saw that you were you know impressed by or that you liked that you see like seeing this new bat suit? No, I mean, like from a side profile shot, I mean, I think he has the look. Like outside of that, though, no, there was nothing that really was like, oh my god, you know what I mean? Like fa- facial wise, I'm just going by what I saw with the face, right. like the side profile shot picture that they had. Like I did think he did look. Uh, like Batman, but I mean, outside of that though, it's still too early to tell. Like we'll have to see when they actually release a trailer, see how it looks. Something, something but, people um, did notice. Yeah, I mean that the bat insignia on his chest is not a normal. It's not like the normal bat insignia. This one's actually. It looks like it's made of a gun, which leads people to believe like, I, I, is that the gun that killed his parents? Which would be interesting if that was the case. Yeah, it'd be. Yeah, it would, it would definitely be different. Oh, but also, like, how, how did he get that back? Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, who knows? Uh, I'm very curious to see this whole thing, like both in color and in action, because I would say there's no bat... There's no live action bats I dislike, but we did have the Schumacher nipple suits. Was, we can't... That was what, Batman Forever? Batman Forever? Or no, forever, Batman forever, uh, forever, right? And Robin. Batman yeah, and Robin. Robin. Yep. Everything, everything, yep. you know what the Joe Schumacher boy, everything looks like a little, you know, nipply, but that's, 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 that's yeah. Schumacher for you. Either way, uh, I'm still excited for the movie, still excited to see interpretation. And yeah, I know, I see, am too. I want to see, like, this full bat suit, like, in color and in action. Uh, next story we're talking about right now is, uh, Dexter Fletcher is set to direct a reboot of The Saint. Uh, Dexter Fletcher, of course, Rocket Man, Fame, The Saint, being uh, based off the classic British. It's a good, good film. Novel and tell, yeah, the n- novel television property is adapted to a film starring Val Kilmer as uh, yep. Simon Templar. Uh, yeah, so you're you're a fan of The Saint. I do. I like The Saint a lot. Really good mid '90s uh, action film. Uh, and Val Kilmer was at his peak here. Um, yeah. Elizabeth Shue, really so good will, film. So I, I, I did, I you, did like it a lot. What do you, what do you think of the prospect of Dexter Fletcher doing a remake or, uh, or yeah, remake, <sighs> reboot, whatever? I mean, it's it's time. I mean, it's been over. Tw- I mean, you figure what? It's, it's been over twenty years. Yeah. I mean, I mean, why not? The same was what ninety six. No, I was gonna. I, yeah, I want to say nineteen ninety six. I'm pretty sure. Ninety six or wait, maybe ninety eight. Let me double check. I think I'm think. Is it ninety seven? Yes. Okay. Well, we were we were in a ballpark, um, but no, it was a fantastic film, super underrated film, unfortunately, because we got a lot of those types of uh, films right around that area, you know, like with, uh, you know, kind of like not the shadow. I, I don't want to say like the shadow or anything like that, but those types of films were, you know, I don't know, your male protagonist or whatever. You like your male espionage films? Yeah, pretty much. But like I said, though, uh, yeah, I mean, Dexter Fletcher's an interesting choice. Um, but I mean, you know, why not? It's been 20 plus years. I think a lot of people forget about that film, unfortunately. Um, but it is, I, and I do think Kilmer's, you know, pretty, pretty good at it. And it is, a, I think it's a super underrated film that is like 
kind of like a little gem. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I will go see that for sure. Yeah, and you know it is funny. Apparently, already tried to reboot it in 2017. <laughs> really? Who who was uh, who was Templar? Oh, uh, uh, was he connected to it? What? Who was connected to it to to do? Nobody. Okay, I'm sorry. So this was a wait. Was this a was this a TV was a TV movie? I can't tell. I was gonna say because they there's no way they because I I would have heard something about that. Yeah, like like literally nobody nobody saw it. Apparently, it was. It was apparently like Roger Moore's final movie. Really? Yes. Huh. Yeah, Never. Literally, that's... no one. Oh wait, Eliza Dushku is apparently in it. She played the. Man. Wow, the, that's uh, crazy. The shoe role, but. Yeah. Okay. So we are getting a new Sam. Right? I'm very curious who they get to play. Uh, to play to play Simon Temple. Kilmer. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that's that's the other part. Like, who 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 would you cast? There was talk in which they wanted Chris Pratt to play the lead. I could see that. What I think would be interesting. I could see that. That would make sense. That's because the Lord knows the guy needs to work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could see that. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, uh, we on the lookout for the Saint reboots coming. For now, he, he's technically a lot like new franchise work. He's also got Sherlock three coming down the pipeline very soon. Which I'm super excited about that. I just kind of wish that guy Richie would come back into that one though. Yeah, yeah, but he's working on. Uh, well, I guess we know the next story. He's working on Aladdin two. Well, possibly because Aladdin two just got apparently got, gr- got Greenland. It did get Greenland. Yeah, yeah. got the story. It's not going to be an adaptation of either the DVD sequel Return of Jafar or uh, King uh, King of Thieves. Although Return of Jafar sucked. Might... What? Return of Jafar sucked. Yes, it did. Okay. Uh, just want to get that uh, out there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wanted to make that clear. <laughs> just, I mean, in case you guys were curious, hey, Russ, where are you at on that one? It sucked. I remember not liking it. I wanted to know. Where, okay. Well, anyway. Because, like, <laughs> forget, that's not actually a movie. It was... It was, it was the a pilot du- for the Aladdin television show. Yeah, it was like direct to direct to VHS, man. Although yeah. I remember, I do remember liking uh, King King of Thieves. I tell you what, I really did enjoy. I don't know if you ever played it though. Did you ever play Super NES Aladdin? That game was hard as hell. Oh, it was fantastic! It was such a good game. I like that. Such game. a good that's game. Su- that fucking such a good level game. was impossible. Uh, where you're, yeah, where you're on the on the carpet, aren't you? There's one where you're flying on the actual carpet. You have to navigate through shit. Yeah, that's that's the one. I think that's the one. I tell you what, that was a fantastic game. And I and another another one since we're talking about cartoons, Toy Story for uh, Super NES or Super NES was really good too. I don't know. I think I played that game, but oh man, fantastic. Uh, we're, we're getting off track. So. Sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, did, did get uh, single dig of the green light. Uh, Minam Masood, uh, Naomi Scott, and Will Smith are reprising their roles. Uh, no word on what the story is going to be yet. Although I would say. What what they might what they probably should do is go to one of the other stories from Arabian Nights because that's a that's a whole like dense mythology right there. You have like a ton of stories yeah. to pull from. Yeah, you could. Like you could do you could do Alibaba and the Forty Thieves. You could do there's a, there's a ton of stuff in there you can do. So there is grounds, and especially considering like these will probably be these probably won't be. I mean, you don't have to make it a musical, so these probably be like shit adventure movies in which Guy Ritchie would be actually probably better suited for that. Yeah, I think he'd be more adequate for that. Although it would be weird to have like a musical and have a sequel not be a musical. Yeah, it'd be that'd be super weird. It'd be like Grease Two, only no singing. You know what I mean? Like so it, that's so kind of weird. Yeah, okay, Grease Two, so only Grease two. Uh, not. Yeah. 
Uh, Perfect Regards. I, I, I like Aladdin. I'm definitely looking forward to where, I did too. where they're going with this new franchise. Yeah. Uh, next story we're talking about, uh, Rick Moranis. I'm sorry, wrong one. Actually, I'm going to do it now. Uh, in the shocking move, Rick Moranis is coming out of retirement. I saw oh, this, honey, yes. I Shrunk the Kids. I guess it'll be technically four because the third one was straight to DVD, but te- te- Honey, I Shrunk the Kids 3. It's going to be a reboot, long-term sequel. He is coming out of retirement. He's confirmed it himself. And I don't know if you read the story, but the, the story, I read the story, I understand why he wanted to do this because uh, it said, it's going to be, so like, this is this is super dark. So uh, in the movie, the wife gets cancer. Okay, that's what was going on with with his role. Exactly. Real life no, wife. And this is why yeah. like, the wife gets cancer and he shrinks yeah. to try to save her, but he fails. And as a result, he uses the shrink way to go shrink way shrink ray to go missing, and he and yeah, it's, it's the whole like journey to find him. So I think I, I think something like that sounds it sounds cathartic for him. That's because it's almost like full full circle too for him. Yeah, full circle. I mean, yeah, it, you, people who know the story of him and his wife, it's uh, it's really hard, it's a really heartbreaking kind of thing. It's why he left acting to begin with. But well, he I, walked away like stone cold, like stone completely cold. gone off, off of, off of it, off the grid. And I mean, this was an actor who was beloved. I mean, funny, very talented. Oh, extremely talented. Yeah. Like yeah, and then I'm I'm so happy he's coming back. Like he's so incredibly happy he's coming back. Now we got to get him somehow, put him in a part as Lewis Tully in Ghostbusters Afterlife. He might be in it. He might really? be in it. I'm, 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 uh, I, uh, I have no basis. For any for any of that, but I would yeah. Not be but seriously, if he, if he showed up, yeah, yeah, get him. I mean, Louis Tully's such a beloved character in the uh, Ghostbusters franchise. You know, I obviously mean, his in that clumsy canon, self in that canon. He he's the one who saved New York. He did. He had the proton pack at the end of yeah. Ghostbusters too. Absolutely. Anyways, yes, uh, he is set to come back uh, for the sequel, which I'm assuming will Disney Plus, and I am definitely excited to see it. Yeah, I'll definitely watch that when it comes out. Uh, next story we're talking about right now is actually let's talk about this one. Uh, since speaking of actors coming back, uh, guess who's back for the Mighty Ducks TV show? Gordon Bombay himself, Emilio Estevez. Uh, yeah, they could get Goldberg though. They could uh, not get Goldberg. <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of indisposed right now. Dude, he is. Well, he's a train wreck, man. Jeez, <laughs> sorry, yes. but yeah. If you guys, have you have you seen pictures of him? Yeah, he looks bad. He looks really bad. Oh my god, he looks completely unrecognizable. I know. Does, Boy, that's that was that was a random outburst there of laughter. I apologize, but uh, like, uh, yeah, cocaine's a motherfucker. But we no, like he's like he must be on like heroin too or something, man. He looks awful. He looks like a homeless bum. He looks yeah. bad. Like a lot of people are like real worried about him, but yeah. Just that that was just a sidebar because you were talking about uh, Mighty Ducks, so I kind of blame you for that. Yes, but, but so as we, you were, yeah, Gordon we Bombay. No idea what the show's about, but Gordon Gordon <laughs> Bombay is strapping the skates back on. He is coaching. So uh, I mean, Russell, I'm assuming you were. I'm assuming you're pretty big on the Mighty Ducks films. Oh, that was like a uh, yeah, absolutely, of course. So are you excited? So are you excited for the show more now that Gordon Bombay is coming back? I mean. So removed from these films, but I mean, sure, nostalgic factor, absolutely. I think you know Jeremy Adams. I'm sure he. I'm sure he's a fan of the Mighty Ducks. I wouldn't see why not. 
and uh, you know Sandy and all those guys. I'm sure you know the guys that like grew up watching that kind of stuff. I think I would be really surprised if they weren't excited about that. But um, yeah, no, I am. I like the first two Mighty Ducks, D1 and D2. Uh, I don't remember D3 very much. Wasn't very good. D two uh, was when they were competing when well, they like not a, yeah D, not Olympics. D two is when they fight the Russians. The Russians, yeah, yeah, America, like yeah. The, the Mighty Ducks three, I don't even remember because I don't think anybody rep- was. Any, did anybody come back for that one? No, I, I think most most of them came back because really, Emilio came back, Joshua Jackson came back. The I remember, D3. I remember the guy who owned the the sporting goods store died. That's all I remember. Oh. Man, I'm trying to think of the what was the Mighty Ducks three? What was the premise of that one? Let me see. Let me see. Uh, the My- Mighty Ducks 3. I literally don't remember. I remember the first two. So I mean, according, clear as day. I just according, to the, according to the wiki, having achieved a modicum of fame from the earlier adventures, all members of the Mighty Ducks hockey team are awarded scholarships to, prestig- to a prestigious prep school. But they must now play in the school's uniforms, in, in the school's uniforms and renounce their freewheeling style for the more disciplined approach of their new coach. Oh there's a, there was a, there's probably a reason why that one was blocked from and memory. then uh, yeah. Charlie and then Charlie quits hockey and then you know Gorbachev has to come back to you know talk some sense to the team bring back the mighty duck spirit Char- Charlie was a little wimp Yeah uh, Char- I don't Char- remember yeah, no, him being a little wimp Charlie was a wimp Yes he was definitely a big wimp Yeah but either way I was, yeah Gordon Bombay is back I'm assuming everyone who loved the mighty ducks as a kid is now super excited for the Disney Plus show. Uh, speaking of shows, and speaking of nostalgia stuff coming back, uh, Kevin Smith just announced the cast for his Masters of the Universe reboot. I gotta tell you, it is, it is stacked. He has some, like, really, really good actors in there. Let me see if I can find... Let me see if I can find uh, the cast list again. Uh, so, yeah, a bunch bunch of, like, really notable actors, including uh, Mark Hamill, Lena Headey, Stephen Root, Diedrich Bader, Justin Long, Alicia Silverstone's going to be in it, Jason Mewes, of course, uh, Tony Todd, Kevin Michael Richardson, daughter, Harley Quinn, uh, Kevin Conroy, uh, so many, oh, and Liam, Liam Cunningham, of course, and Sarah Michelle Gellar. So, yeah, this one, this one is stacked. He bring, he br- he's bringing the talent for this one. Yeah, that, that should be good. Granted, this is still He Man, so this is it's gonna be, it's gonna be patently ridiculous. But at least they're bringing some. They get these people to some gravitas to the property, so I, I like that. Yeah, and I mean, again, how you said nostalgic factor, so that'll be a that'll be a no doubt for sure. Uh, next, we're talking about uh, one of my favorite directors, David O. Russell. Just kidding, just it marked a very. Very, I see what uh, you did there. Not good period. <laughs> not, not good period in my life. Well, I mean, not not I mean, not not good, but just a period in life that I'd rather I'd rather not revisit. Um, the the the, the non Irishman David O. Russell. The non Irish. The non Irish David O. Russell. Uh, he's, yes. He is slated in a new movie. Uh, Christian Bale and Margot Robert are already cast, but the one this is the one that one that really got my attention. Cast one, Mr. Michael B. Jordan. He will Ooh. be co-starring in the film. So no more what this is about you, but you, but this uh, Michael Jordan automatically he's like okay he got my ticket I'll be there yeah because <clears throat> look a Russell hit or miss for me I think I like I there are some movies I really like but some I'm like these are this is really bad or I don't really dig this yeah but not gonna lie this this grabs my attention not to mention I mean I think this is a good move for yeah. Jordan because what's what's the one thing a Russell's known for for doing 
besides freaking out and nearly fighting George Clooney on set. He is getting known, Oscar nominations exactly, too. Exactly, he is known for getting actors Oscar noms. Mm-hmm. So this could be the one that finally gets Michael B. Jordan some statue recognition. Might not win, but he might be in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he's only been an up up upward swing too, just like my boy Miles Teller. Just like you, just you like, know, just like our boy Miles Teller, he's on an upward swing. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah, that that's definitely a good uh, good group of people that uh, into that film. That should be should be really good. Uh, next story we're talking about is uh, Harrison Ford, according to him, saying Indiana Jones is going to start shooting in the next two months. Oh my God! I doubt it. Considering uh, we have not heard anything about any cast, any locations, we may have a release date. I don't remember, but yeah. Uh, but oh. look, you do need to get you need to get your ass on on a move because much like Louis Lemon Five, time is not on your side. This is true. And what are we going to get first, an Indiana Jones Five or Call of the Wild Two? You know, maybe Call of the Wild Two. Depending on that. Uh, never know. You never know, but I do. I do want to see. I mean, the question is like, do you want to see Indiana Jones Five? I do still want to see Indiana Jones Five. I do not want Crystal Skull. Absolutely. To be the last time we see Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones. God, such an awful movie. Like, how do you throw so aliens bad. into this whole entire mix of that? It's so dumb. You turn it. In, you turn it into like a, a sci-fi movie, and, and like that's like an X Files. Yeah, that's, that's, that's stupid. Indiana, that's what Indiana Jones like was at its worst. I guess. That's why Temple. That's why no one likes Temple of Doom as much as they like Raiders or Raiders. Last Crusade is uh, fantastic. Yeah, it was like it got way too like outlandish. Well, among other reasons, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I hope Indiana Jones Five does happen. I think that Spielberg might have an open slate after West Side Story. I don't think he has anything lined up. West Side Story is something I'm not thinking of, but this could be his next movie. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I mean, here's hoping. Uh, next story we're talking about is uh, the Parasite television HBO show has just gotten is their first uh, their first cast member in the form of Mr. Mark Ruffalo, who I think is a he is a perfect actor for a role like that. Yep, yeah, he's got range. He's, he's a little older. He's grizzled. He's got he can he can do like really the heavy dramatic stuff. He can do like the lighter moments. I honestly I think he's a really great pick. But also tell us that we are. In fact, doing American Parasite, so it's going to be translated for American audiences. Yeah, this which is. I don't think it matters because the themes of that movie are not inherently Korean. Yeah. Now that's right. Oh, but, oh, well, so why, why am I forgot? We, we didn't talk about the Oscars because Parasites won. They, they, oh, yeah. they yeah, obviously house. Yes, they absolutely did. Yeah, uh, they won uh, best best international film. Best original screenplay, best director, and the real kicker, best picture, making it the first uh, foreign language film to do so. I think is incredible. Yep. Yeah, me too. And I mean, you and I were both huge Parasite fans, so I, th- you know, I think we were pleasantly pleased. Oh, Crack both of our top three. Yeah. So definitely, well worth it. I'm really glad the uh, Academy it, got it right this year. It, it was it was worth tying my Oscar poll because I I. I didn't lose, but I tied because I, I thought nine seventeen was gonna take both of those. I was so happy to be wrong. Nah, I I took I I took um for the Oscar thing I took um because the one that we did at the house here I got sixteen out of twenty four. I did take Parasite. I did I did take uh, uh, Bong Joon Ho for uh, director too, which I was happy about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But 
uh, I I got like twenty one out of twenty four. So nice. I was still I was so happy to to take that loss for you know, my boys over at Paris. So. absolutely. Yeah, but either way, uh, I I, will, I love the idea of Mark Ruffalo doing it. Can't wait to see who else they get for us to cast because HBO they're gonna they're gonna bring some names. Uh, so, uh, next, next story we're talking about is, uh, we have some cast names for both, for two of the Marvel shows, first of which is, uh, Loki, we have another big cast member in the form of Gugu and Batha Raw, uh, she was, I mean, it's, it's hard to think of, because, like, her biggest role is Beyond the Life, as that's a, that's a smaller film, she was also in, um, she was, she was also in, uh, Rick Lentine, remember that one, she was the mom? Wrinkle time. Yeah, I, vaguely. It's she it's was, been a while since I saw Wrinkle in Time. Really I do rem- Yeah, had a lot, had a lot of, like major movies. At least not, at least not that I'm like thinking of on, on top of my head. But uh, also, Falcon Winter Soldier has added has added a cast member in uh, the form of Carl Lumley, who a lot of people may recognize from his role as uh, oh people now you may recognize him. Like, he was uh, Halloran in Doctor Sleep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure what role he's playing. Like. Maybe, he could be uh, Sam Wilson's father. Yeah, that would make sense. That makes sense. Uh, but either way, I think that these are two great to the cast. I think that they're they're really stacking talent in these shows, and I, I like that they stack talent in everything. I, I'm glad these shows are no exception. Yeah, and that brings us to the end of uh, that brings us to the end of the. Uh, the news, which means we now go to, uh, we now go to our movie of the week, New Jack City. So, New Jack City came out in 1991. It was, it was really big. Can you, can you check the box office for this movie? Because I'm pretty sure I want to say it did like pretty well. Let me check, double check here real quick here. Let's fact check this bad boy here. New Jack City. All right, 1991. This movie had a budget of $8 million, opening weekend $7 million. It grossed 47.624. On a budget of eight? Yeah, on eight. Still fantastic. That's oh, six no, that's, times. That's a, that's a, that's a great, that's a great yeah. turnaround. Six times the uh, the amount uh, put into it, so yeah. Yeah, directed directed by uh, Mr. Mario Van Peebles, who came came from. Uh, he's the son of director Melvin Van Peebles, uh, another famous black quotation director. And this is kind of this is this feels like a like a, a modern day black quotation film. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, like I would I would too. agree. And uh, so yeah, let's not waste any time. Let's get into let's get into this movie. So. Uh, we open up with some actually like really, really great crane shots, or re- and really great like helicopter oh, sky fant- shots in New York. Fantastic, and it's so, just so beautiful. Like some of the shots that you see of New York City, you know, all the famous landmarks, and just just how beautiful and vibrant that city always is. Yeah. So uh, we uh, so, but speaking of a beautiful city, we open on a not very beautiful image uh, with a no. guy being held over a bridge. Yes, not a uh, not a beautiful image for anybody. Yeah, uh, he uh, he is being held over a bridge because he is holding out he is holding out money for the main for the main character Nino Brown played by Wesley Snipes. And yeah, now keep, now keep in mind this is a time where like Wesley Snipes was arguably the biggest black movie star on the planet. 
Uh, yeah, even bigger than Denzel, I would say for sure. At the t- yeah, it was, it was like him and Denzel. At that time, at that time though, I would say I would give a slight edge to Snipes just because. But, but they were two different actors though. They were. He was more. He could do. He because you, you figure. You know, you had comedic. You could obviously do. Snipes could do comedic. Obviously, White Men Can't Jump. I believe same year. Yeah, um, yeah no, you're right. Okay, then you had. Um, then you had his more like action packed things. You had your drop zones. You had your you know Passenger Fifty Seven. You had his films like that. Forty seven. Don't, don't screw it up. Or forty seven. Oh, sorry, sorry, wait, sorry, sorry. Wait, wait maybe it, maybe it's fifty seven. This is Passenger Fifty Seven. I think you're right. Well, why why I think it was forty seven. I don't know. You had me all messed up. I was like, did I really me- did I mess up on it? It is 57. My bad. My bad. Okay. No. But what I'm saying is he he was almost the equivalent of, I would say at the time, uh, Steven Seagal too. Just because he was. Like, he was like a, bla- a black action you know, superstar and, and kind of like rival, rivaled the uh, Steven Seagal type films. Although I will say, I think Wes Snipes is a much better actor. Oh, yeah. There, there's no doubt about that. But you know what I'm saying? During that time of the, of the 90s where – you know, the late 80s, uh, 90s, where Steven's, you know, Steven Seagal had those action films. You know, Snipes was doing that, too. So, And this, this was a different role for Snipes. This was more of a, a dramatic, dramatic role. But you still got his, like, smart-ass, white men can't jump character in it, too. No, you, no, you do. And honestly, like, you're watching this movie. You see why Wesley Snipes is a big because he has – he had that movie star quality. He really did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he – like he was first of all, like the dude in his heyday was like he he was a fox. Uh, second of all, he was he was a great actor. He had that charisma. He had that charm to him that he he's, he made you want to watch the screen, and that's I think that's why yeah because like, he, he was yeah that's why he was a big deal back in his days. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, we see that uh, <laughs> you also see that he's like incredibly ruthless because he like he up, he drops the dude off the Manhattan Bridge. What I find funny is the fact that nobody cares. Like at yeah, all. nobody wants. Yeah, no. Like people, like people driving by, like that's like New Yorkers don't go a fucking movies. Like they see people getting held yeah. up on bridges and they just keep driving. Yeah, they're like, oh, glad it's not me. Go about your day now. Go about your day. Yeah, we move on. We see our other main character. We see our other main character, Apple, Applegate. Like it's like Apple. Uh, Apple. Yeah, Applegate is. Uh, you're talking about whose character? Ice T. Ice T. Scotty. Scotty. Probably easier to just call him Scotty. Yeah, that's kind of – that's why I just – in my notes, I have him as Scotty. That's why I had to double check with your – Yeah, I, I know it's Apple something, but either way. Uh, yeah, we see that he is selling drugs to uh, Chris Rock, playing the role of – was it Poochie? Potsy? Uh, Pookie. Pookie, that's it. Uh, <laughs> Poochie. Potsy. 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 <laughs> I had the first couple letters right. Uh, yeah, uh, hey, you were there. You're right, church, wrong pew. You're exactly. good. So uh, we see that yeah. he's getting into. We're really trying to get Tom Cruise action chops. He's chasing after uh, Chris Rock because he attempted he attempted to rip, rip him off. Oh, and he's like, oh, he's a, he's a he's a drug dealer. <laughs> One like where he like rides a bike downstairs. Yeah, he's but he's going completely like old school Nintendo excite bike on him, man. With that all is, these. That is true. Like this, this old school dude. It's like oof. So you're gonna get seriously hurt doing that stuff, man. Chase him for, for like, like like three to five minutes, and then he says, "You know what? Fuck it." And he pulls a gun and just shoots him in the ankle. <laughs> dude, Ice T is getting his Tom Cruise run on though for sure. Like, for real, we find out that Ice T, yeah. in fact, he is playing a cop. 
Which I do yeah. think I do think it's funny the fact that the guy who sang Cop Killer is mo- is more recognizable to most people but for playing a cop. Yeah, yeah, and I think we I think it's 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 important to the listeners that this movie takes place in 1986. So this was at the height of the Reagan administration's war on drugs. So I think that's a kind of important background on this one, just because of the fact that, you know, there was so much, there was so much going on. I think this part of the took place in a a different year. I think, I think this is 84. Uh, I said 86 from the beginning. Well, 86. 86. Yeah. Yeah. Then it it flash forwards to another year. 89. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. So I I, I, yep. I had it I had it backwards. So No, you're fine. No, I just wanted to give them a little bit of a background because I remember like the, the Reagan administration was really huge on the war on drugs. Well, this yeah, kind of gives you a snapshot of why this was such a prominent, you know, prominent thing for the administration. Well and yeah, and, like, and we especially find out because Nino Brown and his homies go to a club which he apparently owns. And yeah. Uh, which, by the way, has Slayer has Slay Flay on retainer, which that in himself is cool. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we see that. We see that they are talking. They're like, "Hey, look, forget everything else. We got this new drug. It's gonna catch like wildfire." And yeah, the drug is crack. This basically takes place. It's basically a fictional uh, reaccountment of the crack epidemic that took place in the in the late eighties. Yeah, because like yeah, crack in the late eighties was huge. It, it was. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it was. It was very huge. And but it was also. What's that? No, go ahead. Good. No, but it was also glorified too. And some of the, you know, some of the people, you know, doing it stuff like that, like you see, like in uh, not documentaries or stuff like that, but like rich, you know, the rich would do that, like uh, as a party drug and stuff like that. So that that was big. It was really huge in the um, in the eighties for sure. We should also mention one, one of his homies is uh, that the the da 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 man played by Bill Nunn get, making back to back appearances on this show. Congratulations, kudos to you, sir. Which it is funny because you see him in this movie. He, he dude, aged like thirty years in like six. Because you see him in this movie, you see him. In White men can't jump. And that was yeah. Man, and uh, he got game. He got game. Yeah. Like, he looks like an old man in that movie. Yeah, he does for sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we're talking about like he this this new this new drug crack. He's taking over an apartment building. That's what's going to be his. That's going to be his. Uh, you know, center operation. And this thing, you see, you see just how ruthless Nino Brown is, like, like, inc- like incredibly. So, dude takes over a building, shoots like anybody who opposes him, and not to mention like the other guy. He straight up, he humiliates. No, he takes, takes like takes all, like takes all the clothes off and parades him yeah, butt, he, butt ass naked down the streets. He was the one. He, would he would be the landlord to all that? I believe yeah. the uh, Carter the apartments, correct? Yeah, the Carter. Yeah. correct. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it just basically we see the, the ruthlessness of Nino, you know, he's, you know, humiliating this guy, having him parade around naked in front of all of his old tenants as, you know, as he's trying to take over this apartment complex to really house his, uh, his, his new drug, drug empire. Yep. Yeah. And over the, yeah, and over the next three years, his drug empire grows substantially. The point where, yep. like, like we said, crack is a full blown epidemic. We also see the introduction of the old man, he doesn't have a name. Just credit as the old man played by uh, this, movie, this movie couldn't afford Morgan Freeman, so Bill Cobb. He 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 comes in. Well, I tell you what though, Cobb's like you see a lot of places, man. He's been in a ton of movies. Oh, I I love Bill Cobb. He's great, dude. He he, but he looks the same in every single movie, man. No, the the, the dude has been seventy five for thirty years. <laughs> is he so? He's still alive, isn't he? He is still alive. Yes. Is he? Boy, how old is he? 
Uh, he's probably kind of up there, and yeah, it's 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 kind of sound like a like a messy thing to say, but I feel like his career would be a lot bigger if Morgan Freeman wasn't a thing. No, but I mean that's that's nothing. I mean that's not you know twisted to say because I oh, say the not. same thing about like about football. I think Philip Rivers would have had a Super Bowl had he not had to go up against Peyton Manning and Tom Brady all the time in the AFC. Or with uh, you know what I mean? Or with uh, I say this about Kevin James all the time. If if Chris Farley didn't know D, Kevin James would not have a career. I really believe that. Oh, absolutely not. No. No, because I, I still think Farley would have been working and he would have been doing all this stuff. He would have been doing these family movies, I, I think, later on in the back end of his career. Yeah, well, anyways, uh, we find out that it, uh, we fast forward. This is where we fast forward to 1989. The, uh, crack, the uh, yep. crack epidemic is worsening. And so they appoint Appleton, not, App, not, App, uh, not Applegate, by the way. Uh, so we, uh, we fast forward, we see that, uh, you know, uh, the, one of the lead detectives played by Mario Van Peebles, the director of the movie, uh, he wants Stone. to hire Stone, that's it. He wants to hire two new cops for the yep. case and wants to make like, like a small task force for this. Uh, the task force consisting of two cops, like I said, Ice-T, uh, Scotty, and Nick Peretti played by Judd Nelson. It, it, it is weird to see him when he gets older because I'm so used to Breakfast Club Judd Nelson. Or say yeah, fire, yeah it's kind of kind of different to see. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely definitely different to see him in this type of setting. Yeah, where he's like kind of commanding him authority, but you can also see like he's like he's a bit of a, a hot headed cop because like he's like he straight up like pulls a gun in the middle of the day inside indoors. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Apartment pop. Yeah, he's your loose cannon. He is. Uh, so we also see that Nino that Nino Brown is also feuding with uh, the Italian. Is the I guess the mafia. Really it's like the Italian. It, it's pretty much the Italian, like yeah, the, the Italian mafia. The um, was it the Arma Ar- Armateo? Something like that. Because that's uh, the one he later on goes to. Yeah, something like that. But something I, th- I think of who does that's really interesting is the fact that it kind of. I, I know you don't watch a lot of HBO, but it reminds me a lot of the show of The Wire because the, the time in this movie isn't. There's no like one side focus. Like both, it shares focus to both. Uh, the drug dealers and the criminals, you know, the Brown Squad and the cops, and that's something I think yeah. that you know, The Wire, the show on HBO, really strikes that balance really well. And it also like it also really showcases like, this scene, this next scene where I guess Thanksgiving is helping feed the needy people. It kind of I'm not gonna say it humanizes Nino Brown, but it, what it does do is show the connection he has to his community and like why it's so like, he's so hard to nail down. Yeah. Like, like, I, I, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, because like a lot, a lot of a lot of drudges like this, where they do they like do things for people and they're in like around their town, just so like when <laughs> when the feds come and knocking, uh, they don't they don't get ratted. Uh, but anyway. but it's almost like I feel like I feel like it's a double edged sword though. He's doing it out like because of that too. He's he wants to like kind of like buy people through food, but on the same token though, I think he sees a little bit of himself in these people as well, because he didn't just have this type of empire. You know what I mean? He grew up just like these people did. So I'm thinking maybe it's kind of like a, you know, double, double edged sword there. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we see that we green eyed Pookie who has fallen very hard to last time. He was already pretty low to begin with, but he's, uh, he's an addict. He's homeless. Yeah. He's not good, right? Not in a good way. Uh, so I, so, uh, Scotty decides to go and grab him, put him in, put him in rehab. Uh, put put him in put him in rehab, and you'll try to get try to get him clean. 
I gotta say, like this, this entire transition could have been a movie in and of itself. Yeah. Like it's done really well. And like props to Chris Rock, because like he he's actually his acting's actually like really good in this movie. Yeah, super solid. I think this is probably one of the better well acted Chris Rock uh scenes or the characters in films. You know what I mean? I think this is more of a authentic, you know, acting job from him. Yeah, if, yeah, he's really he's honestly he's really good in this movie. Yeah, it makes you like reevaluate like Chris Rock as an actor because like he's a dude. It's like it's a movie like this where like top five where it's like yeah, the, the, you're actually like really like in addition to being like great of like a fantastic stand-up comedian, like you're also a really yeah. good actor. Yeah, and then you and then you also do root for his character in his film. You want him to kind of get that help and kind of pull his life around. You do, and he eventually does. He gets clean, and as a repayment, he wants to help Scotty bring down Nino Brown. So he's kind of he's gonna be like kind of like his guy on the inside. Yeah, pretty much his lookout, or pretty much like yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we go to the we go to uh, the next night. Uh, Nino Brown's doing a party. Just throw like, hey, look how much fucking money I got, right? <laughs> That's basically what this party yeah. is for. Seriously, it's like, hey, uh, yeah, I make a lot of money, guys. Which I do love this next scene because what happens is he goes to uh, the Italians come back to give him a gift. And it was a. Uh, Wasn't like a lynch. Somebody getting lynched. It was somebody getting lynched. It was like a, like a yeah. one doll of a dude getting lynched. Yeah, totally like a racist thing. And I mean, this this shows you the you know the, you know the opposites of the you know the the powers that be here with you know the Italian mob family and obviously Nino Brown squad now too. But I love his response to like take like, pin him down and cut off his ponytail. Yeah, which is great because like yeah. Yeah, it's it's just like it's like a weird kind of punishment, but I, I, I do dig it. It's funny because like you figure his hairstyle is completely off now. Like he can't, you know what I mean? He has to like pretty much tailor his haircut accordingly now. That's got those look at the soundtrack. Like, the soundtrack for this movie is is uh, is, is really great. Yeah, this is '90s hip hop, '90s rap, man, it, at it, its best. Here, that's like a compilation of that. The New Jack City theme, where I think Queen Latifah's on, if I'm not mistaken. I think she is. Yeah, that uh, you got some cool like club. You got some cool club mixes. Like Flav does some songs. There's a, there's a band who plays the scene before this that I can't remember what it is, but it's great. Uh, yeah, the, the soundtrack was one. Like look, look look it up if you're a fan of like early '90s hip hop. This one's really good. Uh, you also see that you also see some parallels like they, they're driving themselves because like this feels. You watch the whole movie. It feels, it feels like a very like Scarface esque. And and there's obviously there's later on at the back end of the film there's a scene where Nino Brown's character's watching Scarface so yeah there's a lot of comparisons well, no, right, right, between right the two too. films yeah in this oh yeah yeah well. yeah yeah so uh, he's watching he's watching uh, Scarface and like he has like a little bit of power move where like he's like he's like takes his, he takes his other dude's girl right in front of him yeah. Yeah, right in front of him, right in front of his, I think, like, his wife or something. His wife or his girlfriend. His wife or his girlfriend or something like that. Yeah, it's, like, super weird because, like, she walks out and, like, he doesn't go and chase, like, his girlfriend at the time. So he's, like, in this room with this other. It's, like, it's really weird. Yeah, so. Uh, and we cut it the next day and, Pook, and Pookie's infiltrated the, he's infiltrated the drug operation. Yep. Uh, he, he's infiltrated the operation and in the time that, and you do feel specifically for him because this is a dude who just got off the wagon. I'm sorry, yeah, so he's he not got on the yeah. wagon, falling off is is uh, using again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and how 
obviously how reliable is this guy going to be for you? I mean, you could the writings are on the wall, so to speak. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, see what I have yeah, say. Um, but the writings are on the wall on that one. Like it's only a matter of time because this guy hasn't been clean for a long enough period of time. But you you're you're kind of against the clock too because you need to hurry up and try to to bust these guys too. So it's kind of like a double edged sword that these guys are going through here. Yeah, it really is. And at, at this point, like this. <laughs> This is a weird scene where like he's wa- they're walking on a beach. Mario Van Peebles has a baby for some reason. Just like, where'd you get it's this? Like, dude, baby? where'd you where'd you get that at? <laughs> <laughs> Are you like uh, Zach Galifianak? Is that is that is that Carlos from Carlos? The Hangover? Yeah, Carlos. <laughs> it's like, jeez, uh, I mean, where we at? Where we have a child here all of a sudden? Yeah, it's, it's just a it's just a weird thing to do. Just like, yeah, it's like you don't need to put a child in there. Like we get it. You're you know you're a cop. You have a family. You know. Yeah, we also find out that. Uh, uh, Scotty's mom was apparently killed by was killed by a junkie. By, by, Scotty's mom was killed by. I believe it was a junkie. I th- we find out who it was at the end of the movie, but I, they, but the, the way he says it, it's a junkie. Yes, that's it's a reason. junkie at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the, re- comes, that's the reason yeah. he's so hell bent on this case. You had me confused for a second. I'm like, yeah, wait a minute. I'm like, okay, yeah. At this, at this, at this scene here, we are supposed to, yeah. We're we're led to believe it's a uh, junkie. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, uh, they send Pookie back in undercover, but it's he he falls off the wagon. Like he, he starts to use again. And like it's honestly, it's a really sad scene to see Scotty Oog Pookie who came so far and had like such like a, has such like a good journey about the fact that he was only it's only like an act of the movie or like even like a part of an act of the movie. It does suck to see him fall off the wagon like this. But you see him, there's scenes where he is, you can see him internally fighting with himself to not light the pipe up, to not do it. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's crying. He's like, he doesn't want to do it. You know what I mean? He does show a little bit of restraint, but obviously gives into the, the powers that be here because he's just, he's freshly, you know, freshly clean, so to speak. And there's just no, there's just no way that this it's, yeah, there's a there's a no win situation here for him. But again, credit to, credit to Chris Rock who's acting the scene. He's, he's acting like really well in these scenes. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Like this is not like Chris Rock Grown Ups, you know what I mean? Or Chris Rock, you know, uh, Death at a Funeral or whatever. Yeah. Like this is good. This is like a. This You're is really struggling. Think Chris Rock movies weren't you? No, I mean I could I could have gone like I think I love my wife. Was it? It wasn't even down to earth. It wasn't down to earth. Uh, I can keep going. I got him. Lethal Weapon 4? Four. 4. Yeah, see? I can go. I got it. <laughs> but no, like, uh, we're really seeing a, a really serious side of him acting, and I think this is uh, just a fantastic job he does in this film. But as but as a result of uh, Pookie's direct behavior, he gets discovered. They uh, hold him up, they shake him down, they see that he is wearing a wire, and they find yep. the camera that he was disguised as a belt. So, yeah. Uh, things aren't looking so good. So they decide to go to go in and save him because the you know, chances are they're not. Chances are Nino Brown's not going to take too kindly to this. Yeah, I don't think he's really receptive of somebody kind of leaking out uh, information. Which I do love the solution. Like, don't lock him down. Don't move all this stuff. <laughs> just burn. Just set everything on fire. Yeah, they just want to torch the whole entire place. It's like, why move all of it? Just, just torch it. We'll start up again. It's like, yeah, why, 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 move, why move all of it? We got, we got that takes that. Back. We got all this that shit backed a- up on these 1991 computers. Yeah, dude, just re- relax. Just this torches place. Too much carrying around stuff. That's gonna talk about the action movie. The action movie is actually like really 
the the gunfights and the shootouts are really like, really exciting and really well done. They are. They are. I mean, like they're shot in a way where like it's clo- it's close quarters, but you don't it's don't you don't feel like the movie like trying to make you feel claustrophobic. Like it's 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 intense. It's really riveting. Like Marvel people did like a really good job with these action sequences, especially for a 1991 film, like an oh, early sure. 90s film. You know what I mean? Well, we've obviously seen the you know evolution of the action genre. Just in even like fighting scenes in general, John Wick or anything. You see even the Matrix and stuff like that in the late 90s. Literally like a handful of years later. But uh, this was good. This was really good for an early 90s uh, action film. I also get a particularly tense scene where they find uh, you know Pookie was shot through the neck. And yeah. he, he, the bomb that's going to blow his building up is strapped is strapped to him. So Judd Nelson has to he has to disarm it. How many times have we seen this in a film? We've seen it a lot, but honestly, with this <laughs> one a lot. But this yeah, one, but this one's still really well done. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, you you feel the urgency. You're like, oh my god, hurry up and get the wires. Hurry up! Like it builds you on the edge of your seat. You feel the tension for sure. Yeah, Nino, Nino uh, after that, Nino Brown and in a power move sleeps with that one girl, with that one dude's girlfriend. And like that, yeah, like, just just because dude, he can, just because he can, honestly. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason. There's no like love. Like he even makes a comment later on about she's just like a whore or whatever. Like he just he's just doing it because he can. Yeah. I, so basically, and like it just so happens that guy called at the same time. He's like, "Hey, we got a problem. <laughs> our shit, yeah. our shit got infiltrated." Yeah, and honestly, and this, this is a scene where like you feel like you know Brown like really going to strike because like yeah, this is this is base operation for three years. Yeah, so this is like you know that's a lot of time and effort put into this. So it's this is big because you know he's built this empire, so to speak. And he takes it out and was basically like his lawyer in a way that is very you could tell like very much an homage to the way Luca Brasi died in The Godfather. Yeah, like he stabs a dude through the hand, tries to strangle him, although although, yeah. he, although he survives. Yeah, he didn't make the same type of fate, but yeah. No, he, he was close. He was really close. Yeah, close. Yeah, but then it's uh, yes. Yeah, so after Pook, after Pookie's after Pookie's after they decide uh, no more screwing around, and they decide to. Oh, we also find out that uh, with Peretti, uh, the re- the reason he's so close to this case is because he was all he was he he he's like he said it was like I was Pookie. He he was a junkie. And then he yeah. he turns life around, and he wants he also wants something more to get these drugs off the street because he see because he knows firsthand what it's gonna do or what it can do. So after this, they decide to cut the crap. I'm like, okay, you know what? We're gonna go and recover or something. I'm not sure why they I'm not sure why they didn't just do this at the beginning, but whatever. I, I, actually, I do. I do yeah. Why? Because you know, Pookie has a familiarity. Yeah, job offer. Yeah, I mean, they figured it, he was an easier. He was a. It was a less of a threat for them because they could use this guy, and and if it happened that he would get caught, oh well, that's on him. You know what I mean? Now, now it's like, okay, well, we got to do it ourselves now. You know. Another element I really like about this film is the costume design, because like you look, you look at everything like everyone's wearing in this movie. Like it is, everyone looks like super. Like, they look super fresh. Like not cold, They do, like, man. Like I, I do love the suit, like the outfit that Ice T's wearing when he meets uh the one the other one of the uh, Nino Brown's homies. He's got that hat. He's oh, you're talking G Money? G Money. G Money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they definitely looks fresh. And then Nina's character always looks like he's he's church ready. He's always church ready. Oh, he's, 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 church, always, he's, he's church fresh. Ready. He's, he's church ready. fresh, man. Absolutely. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I was all pulled from what's his like what's that personal wardrobe. I wouldn't be surprised either. 
keep in mind, this, this was pre-tax. This is pre-tax evasion. So, yeah, this he had he he managed money well at this part of his he life. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, they, ba- they they basically convince him that they are two drug dealers looking to do business with Nino Brown. Uh, and yeah, uh, they they get in. The lawyer looks like he recognizes him, but not not exactly. He can't place the face. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how because because he I guess we're waiting for a, another crucial moment to have that epiphany. Another yeah. he's, he's, not, <laughs> he's not supposed to he's not supposed to know yet. He's he's not going to know in this instant, but he may a light bulb may go off later on. Yeah, and then we uh, we go to the next scene. And they do have uh, uh, Scotty and Nino do have a scene together, and one that's like really. Really well done. Like Ice T, Ice T, someone else. Like he's probably one of the better rapper t- rappers turned actors. I would say so. And like especially in this scene going up against at someone who at this point was like a megastar, like you know, kind of like Ray Allen with he got game last week. Someone going up against someone who's this big a star and been like this this season in the acting world. Like it's, yeah, it must it must be like an intimidating intimidating task. And props to props to him for being able to. Being able to come in, yeah, hold his own, yeah, and hold yeah. his own like this, yeah, for sure. And then, and it is a nice scene on top of the building because we get to see Nino and Scotty kind of bonding and getting a getting closer. Yeah, we we get to see like the you know, the lighter side of Nino Brown, which it, which it is yeah. it, it is really nice to see. Especially like they really bring it home in like one of the last scenes of the movie. But Nino Brown is like a really he's a really interesting character. Yeah, he is. He has a whole lot of levels to him that, and I and I do like that quite a bit. Yep. Uh, we go to the next scene. Bill Cobbs comes back, and like he's well, first of all, Neil Brown paying off kids to do to do something. I'm not sure what, but he's like two dollars, two dollars, two dollars, and he gives one kid yeah. like six in front of the rest of them. He's like, what the fuck, dude? That's it. Yeah, it's inflation. We're good. Don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, Bill Cobb. Bill Cobbs comes in, and he's just like, hey, you can't, you can't keep doing this shit. And then you, you keep mind, he, he did this shit. Police, the police station couldn't do anything. And so, in all his elderly wisdom, he pulls a gun right in front of Nino Brown and all his associates. Yeah, it's like maybe not the smartest move, old man. But you you may be outnumbered. I'm not 100 percent sure. Numbers are not in your favor. I would numbers, probably not do this. Numbers are not in your favor. But he gets he gets off. Thank, uh, thankfully, still alive. We also and then we see that uh, you know Scotty and Scotty and Nino are, grow, are growing even closer together. You know, because the lawyer hasn't made the realization yet, because the script hasn't told him to. But we do props to Ice T's character, though. We do really see Scotty really selling himself as kind of an ally to Nino. We do. Um, though we know really Scotty's really his intentions are really they want to take him down. But um, Scotty's absolutely convincing. Uh, Ice T's character is convincing in this. And I think the fact that Ice T is his gangster rap career, I think that reputation kind of helped him. Because that imagery with him, is I think so still, too. Still in all of our heads. Because Ice Cube probably could have done it too, maybe. Ice Cube could have done it, but he wasn't. And that's the point. Yeah. No, but you know what I'm saying. I think he could have done it too. He's another uh, rapper turned actor. I think that could have done it too. Yeah, te- technically he was because he, like, uh, I think Boys in the Hood was the same year. So, yeah, Ice T and Ice Cube. Yeah, both both they did the same yeah. year. Yep. But yeah, like yeah. I, I I want to see his movie recap with Will Smith. Can you imagine Will Smith and like clean, <laughs> fresh Prince? Oh Will man, Smith. jeez, that'd be great. Oh man, yeah. Uh, but anyway, but anyway uh, we didn't cut to a wedding. We don't. They ever say whose wedding this is? 
It's somebody's, uh, oh man, it's a good question. I don't know. It's somebody's, man, it's somebody's wedding. I don't know. That doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> let me ch- doesn't matter. Let me check. You got to But anyways, uh, this is a scene where like you really, in case you're too in error by Nino Brown, this once again, give, this gives you a sense of who he is because it just, he, he was walking it, upstairs, it, he sees like there's this food truck looking at him like. Ostensive, like not necessarily. They're looking at him like suspiciously. Yeah. And they start shooting, and Nino Brown picks up a child. Uses a kid. A kid. He uses him as a shield. As a yep. human shield. That's uh, this shows you the low of the low, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's super shitty. Uh, it, it, and then it, this is where you know it does serve as a ruthless man. Just like don't. Nino Brown may seem cool, but don't. Don't be fooled because he will always he'll always look after himself, and he's always got yeah, and, and, his but, interest at mind. And this is where we see it full, you know, full, full fruition right here. I mean, when you're holding a child up as a sacrifice to you know to save yourself, you really you really are gone at that point. You don't really have a redeeming characteristic in your whole entire body. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did look up the uh, Wikipedia the Wikipedia thing. It just said they're attending a wedding. I thought maybe I thought it was maybe like a relative or something like that. I I, I, I didn't. I guess, I guess not. Yeah. No. Uh, we also see that his his wife is mortified. She leaves. You know, Brown retaliates on the Italians. Okay, I didn't I didn't mean to do that, but that's just what <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah. And so yeah, it yeah, happens super quick too. Can we just say really that too? Quick. Like one, super like quick. One like it, mo- all one of a sudden, montage, it, the mafia's gone. Yeah, it's literally motorcycle shooting. It's done. I'm like, what? Like this big, this big mob boss. Like that's kind of crazy. But yeah, uh, yeah. So, anyways, we go to uh, the next day, and like they've, they've they've realized now this is finally the time to bring down. You know, well, they're, they're trying to set up a sting where they can see Nino you know, attempting to buy drugs. Uh, <laughs> what's next? Once again, Sunday best. He's got the sideways. He's got the sideways hat. He's got the overcoat, the red, the gold chain. I mean, you're, I mean, you're you're church ready, man. I'm you're telling you. Ready. You also and and because the lawyer just read the script, he now realized it is now his time to have the huge revelation that Scotty is a cop. Not sure, but he hasn't changed. He hasn't. It's important. You have to gotta drag it out a little bit. You gotta you gotta wait a little bit. And then like, all of a sudden, wait a minute! I know you. The weird thing is the way it's cut. Like you don't, you don't know how he made this connection. It's like, dude, you like it's the same dude that was there. Like it's just you, like you had that reckon. You know, it's, it's like he you, crouched yeah. over. Just like that cop I saw a few years yeah. ago. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I thought about this earlier and I couldn't put it together. I got it now. Yeah, let me get another another shootout in the middle of the movie. This one, this one in a warehouse. They actually, I give them props. They do actually use the whole warehouse setting. They they use this to their advantage because they set up like a lot of like really cool like close quarter stuff. There, yeah. <laughs> there's one scene where like, a cop's like walk like he turns a corner and like what's his coming like he does like Dracula or some shit like slices his throat. Yeah, he's like almost like a blade. <laughs> it's like what like where'd you come from? Yeah, he was like out of nowhere, man. Yeah, they, he did. He, yeah, he uh, he slits one cop's throat, then ditches his clothes, then changes to the cop, stabs the Asian cop, which we forgot to mention. There's an Asian. There's an Asian cop in this movie. Yeah. So we're, so everybody's getting. I mean, there's no. There's an equal opportunist in this film, guys. He is. Yep. Uh, but 
yeah, uh, J- uh, Judd Nelson managed to kill Bill Nunn, which I do love it because uh, he's fighting with him at like, the top. The top is like precipice. Yeah. And then like he falls off, which that's like that's like a, that's like a three or four story fall. I'm like, yeah, it's, you might not be. Well, first of all, might... we should say I he gets shot by Ice T, falls down. It's like okay, you're probably dead at that point. I'm like, oh no, he's still alive. No, we're still moving. We're still yep. moving. And he's, yep, about shoot, he's about to shoot Ice T, but then Judd Nelson shoots him. So it's like, <laughs> now you're really dead, Bill Nunn. <laughs> it's, like, it's, 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 it's like a horror movie. Yeah, it's like, wait, the killer's coming out for one last scare. Oh, no. Yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then we get uh, a scene between uh, Nino and uh, G-Money. And, and it should be known that uh, he told G-Money earlier that, like, if I can't trust these guys, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill them, and I'm going to kill you for vouching for them. But again, like before, to set this up before the the scene here, though, you do think that there is going to be a little bit of loyalty between Nino and G Money, though, just because they've been through so much and they've done, they've built this up together. You know what I mean? And like, and props to Wesley Snipes because the way he's acting, like you look at like his eyes, like he has so much acting with just his face, and you can tell like he he doesn't want to do it. But like this is no, just, this is breaking his heart. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just like it, he just feels like this is what he has to do. Yeah, and it's funny. Like he, he he comes and he pulls in a G for a hug, and I thought like I thought he was gonna like pull out his knife and stab him. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I like you initially think that, but it doesn't happen that way. Yeah, but then he's but then now we go to the classic. He just, he just shoots him in the face. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, we decide they decide to end this. Try and get Nino Brown at his home. Uh, they go, they go in guns blazing. I think one of them does like the whole, like two, like two gun dive. No doves though, no doves. So you can't oh, tell yeah. who can't sue. Yeah, no, no, none of that. No, none, none, none of that silliness. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they, uh, they go at it and okay, let's be real. Wesley Snipes will beat the shit out of Ice T. Let's, let's, uh, let's not even, let's not even trip. I don't know though, man. I think Ice T got some street some what's street the, fight in him though. The, I think. What's that to the trained martial artist? He is, but but I'm but I'm saying though, Ice T's not a slouch either though. I think he got some I'm, like. I, I don't I don't some, think it'd be like I don't think it'd be like a blowout. But come on, it's not gonna be a blowout. I mean, but he's definitely yeah he's trained in yeah martial arts. So I mean, but I don't think Ice T ain't gonna let it happen that easy though. I mean, that's like so much alone fighting Jean Claude Van Damme. Time out. Yeah, but Stallone's a boxer. Special boxer. Stallone's Rocky. No, Stallone's Rocky though. <laughs> Come on. No, he's thinking. Uh, you can't do Rocky. I also did. I don't know if you know this, but did you know that went from like day to night, after like night to day, in like three seconds? That seems to happen in a lot of movies. Like, like that Hobbs and Shaw was hilarious, though. Hobbs and Shaw, Transformers does like every movie. <laughs> yeah, it's when I didn't really notice it. Like, it wasn't as like noticeable. Like I said, Hobbs and Shaw. That like we were joking around about that scene there, where it just like all of a sudden it's like they're fighting and it's like it's like dark and then it's like daylight. I was like, what happened? Like, did you? <laughs> it was like ten minutes pass and you you've had like eight hours fast. What happened? Yeah, just like like. We start, we started this fight at eight at eight eight, eight at night. How did <laughs> we get the morning? Dude, did somebody like did we have a time portal or something? Like oh, man. Uh, he 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 beats the shit out of Nino Brown in like a really, like, really brutal way. 
Abigail yeah, but there's like, a lot of rage pent up in him, though. There is. Yeah. I think it's because of the whole... I, 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 you, you do feel slightly bad seeing him get beat up just because... I think it's how much you like one of his knives. But this is where, this is where you find out that uh, Nino Brown was the... He was the one that killed uh, Scotty's mom. So this is why Scotty the whole time has been so adamant about bringing Nino Brown down is because of the fact that you know he you know he was responsible for his mother's death. Yeah, but and like for the most part, I see that like it's pretty good. But I do like the scene where like he's holding the gun, it's like doing that little head shake. It's like huh, yeah, I'm gonna shoot, I'm gonna shoot, I'm gonna shoot. It's, it's, yeah, that's the one thing I'm just like, okay, come on, you 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 could have gotten a better take than that, but you know, for the most part, yeah. I'm the best. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, Brent, and this is where, like, you assume it was going to end here, but actually it keeps going. Like, there's still, like 10 minutes left. Yeah, this is like the Lord of the Rings Return of the King, where we have different endings here. You think that this is how we're ending the film? No, we're not going to do that yet. Not, not just yet. We go, to the, we go to the court proceedings on uh, Nino Brown. And we see, and this is where you find out, like, I do like this scene because it does demonstrate, like, why. It does demonstrate like why someone would fall into a life like this because like Nino Brown says like this like he says it himself just like we are like people like me we're we're born without options like, yeah like crime is basically the only path for us yeah because there's no other options like we can't go you know you know school and all that stuff's out of the window like we have to we got to survive on the street and this is what we got to do to provide to make money yes it's. It, it it is like a really eye opening scene coming from, coming from Snipes, and he's like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not the mastermind. I also be like, like, hey, you know, yeah. the whole like, thing where he's like, don't snitch. Well, Neil Brown just says, fuck that, and he like racks out. Yeah. He racks out his lawyer friend. He's like, if I'm going down, y'all going down with me. Yeah, so he's not. Again, this just shows you he's thinking about number one himself, and uh, yeah, this is now this scene just. It confirms it even more if not all these other scenes haven't confirmed how Nino Brown is. This guy is a self-centered person, so not a surprise that yes. he uh, snitches. Yeah. So as uh, uh, as 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 part of like confessing, like giving up other things, he's given a light sentence. He's only given like what like, a year, but parole after a, a year. Yeah, a year. I'm like, what? With parole after this four guy, months. I'm like, dude, this guy made tons of money selling drugs. <laughs> like, I'm like, wow. I'm like, sh- I'm like, shit. Who's your lawyer? It's crazy. Cochran? Seriously, then what are you you're doing? You're encouraging this to, this behavior to continue when he gets back out. It's like, I'm, well, shit. A year and he built up all this money and this empire. It's like, well, why not go back in for the same thing again, man? Like, you know. I said, I'll, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do three months. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, seriously, good behavior, and you're out, and then you just go back and do what you were doing before. That's probably what he would have done. And I do, and I do love like his whole reaction to it. Was most just like, oh yeah, you know what? It's okay. I'm gonna be all right. And he gives that like a little smile yeah. on the camera. Oh, uh, but then yeah. he goes back. Bill Cobb. He's like, no, I can't remember what the line was. Like something like 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 Nino Brown, eat this or something like that. And like, yeah, I'm not sure how he got this in, but he pulls a gun and just shoots him in front of everybody. Can we say that getting into a courthouse, you have to go through a metal detector? Can we just, like, throw that even, out there? Even even in 91. So, yeah, so pretty sure uh, that wouldn't have been able to happen unless somebody did, like, the Godfather way and snuck it in and put it in a bathroom for him. Let's just, <laughs> Let's just say that. Let's just say that. 
But honestly, uh, he, the whole Bill Cobb's journey, like, despite the fact that he hasn't really stabilized, not really a whole lot of the movie, like, his, he actually does have, like, a really good arc to him because like, he's someone who... He's someone who's tired of seeing him dictate what's going on in his neighborhood and then decides to take it into his own hands. And he, and he realized, like, he's like, shit, I, I got nothing to lose. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but it's I, more I, of the next generation. Life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's more, the, it's the, next more the next generation. Yeah. So he's yeah. like, well, if I go down, I've already lived my life. But if I see this guy, this guy is going to destroy the next generation. So it's on me to help this next generation have a shot, like have a fighting chance. So, yeah. Talk about someone making the most of like very little screen time. Like the entire Bill Cobb's character arc is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean. uh, so yeah, uh, Nino Brown. Uh, Nino Brown dies, and then we get the final text of the film, uh, which is although this is a fictional story, there are Nino Browns in every major city in America. If we don't confront the problem realistically without empty slogans and promises, then drugs will continue to destroy our community. I think that's such a powerful message because it's saying like. I mean, yeah, people like this. I mean, the story is fake, but the sentiment itself is real. There are people like this out in the world who do things like this and get away with yeah. things like this. And it's up. To and it's not. Was it? And it's not just one person. It's hundreds of thousands of people doing it on a grander scale. You know what I mean? So and, yeah, and, it, and it's up to humanity as a whole to keep us, make those people, make sure people are held accountable for their actions, and like to make sure that they don't, you know, end up like wrecking. Our major, our major cities, and our and and wrecking our youth and our in our yeah. our society, yeah, and, which is and, super and important. Again, that... goes back to the good, yeah. Well, no, which goes back to again, like how I said at the beginning of it, just that whole, you know, the Reagan administration with their whole, you know, war on drugs and stuff like that. It was something that was so prevalent in the eighties and was so heavy, where you were getting drugs exported from different countries and stuff like that, and it was just it was coming into our you know, our, you know, our land. And it was just, you know, you see, see here in this movie, how, how quickly it spreads like wildfire. Like somebody gets a hold of it and all of a sudden, like you're, you're really destroying, you know, people just like that at a rapid rate. So yeah, it's, it's super important, super important message. Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's a really, really important thing to say. And it's, it's still relevant as it was 91 as it is today. So yeah, just the different drugs. I think heroin now would be more of the, uh, I think, like, around our area in, in Pennsylvania, I think heroin's, like, really big around here. I don't know, understand why, um, but there's a huge heroin epidemic, and I think it's prevalent pretty much, I would imagine, around the around the United States. Yeah, so uh, that's the end of the movie. So, uh, Russell, what, what did you, uh, final thoughts on New Jack City? This is the first time I actually watched all of it, believe it or not. I saw really? this movie a long time ago, but I didn't remember it. I just, I remember the end scene. I remember him getting shot at the end, because that... Because that, that's just kind of like a, one of those ones that stick with you, you know what I mean, that, that, that scene. Um, but watching it, like, like for the first time, uh, actually watching the whole thing, I just, I enjoyed the film. Kind of how you said, you know, it does have that important message about the importance of, you know, uh, like, just the drug epidemic in itself. Like, the war on drugs and just the, you know, how important it is for us as a society to, to recognize this and, you know try to alleviate this because it, it is, it is, you know, up to us to, uh, you know, pass the baton to the next generation. So I think this film's important in that. Um, but yeah, fantastic film all around. Like, I think we, we said enough, I think, you know, Wesley Snipes really shows that this is more of a serious side of acting and it's why this, he was big in the, in the, in the nineties. Um, Chris Rock delivers a solid performance too. Really, really well done. Um, and even Ice-T, I think everything about this film, I think Van Peebles 
really shot this film well, and he does tell a message. And I think it's more in the um, almost like in the homage to like a Spike Lee type of film, um, really just telling a story and, and painting it about your city, you know, about New York City, and just the you know just the the negative the negative side to uh, the drugs. But yeah, I like this film. It's it's a solid film for sure. I'm glad uh, glad we reviewed it. Yeah, for sure. I I, I really dig this film. Uh, it's one of as far as like black cinema goes, it's one of my favorites. I think that it's an interesting look at the war on drugs. Yeah, uh, I, I like um, the cops, like I said, the drug dealer. I think it, like it has some really cool acting sequences in it, and actually, like I said, like I said, the end does have a really, really important message to say, uh, and it says it really well. So yeah, it's gonna do it for us. Yeah. Uh, Russell, you wanna give our plugs? Yeah, you can find us on Facebook. Notorious by Chance is the Facebook group. Go ahead and join that. Get involved in the uh, the weekly polls that we put up. I think we have over 300 people. So get your friends to, you know, listen to our stuff, comment, like all that fun stuff, and then go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which we really need to get back onto. We will. Uh, we just kind of been, you know, stalling on that, but we'll get back to it. Notorious by Chance on uh, YouTube. We'll put out we put out the uh, new movie reviews and stuff like that that come out. So all the movies that come out to the theaters. We will talk about on our YouTube channel, so it's almost a companion piece for our podcast. Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitter underscore ninety one. Check out uh, my other podcast. I'm looking to shut up again soon. Uh, PWCA podcast with a acronym. Join our Facebook group. That's where all our polls go. You'll find first law and everything. Uh, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Uh, tune in next week where uh, you know I found something about something about Russell about a big movie that I love that he <laughs> hasn't seen, and we're going to rectify that. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> and what's that put, movie? Put that baby to bed. What's that, what's that movie? Uh, give, give me a hint. Camelot. 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 Don't need a model. Shh. Uh, if you know that reference, great. If you don't, you're going to find out. Tune in next week. Until then, we'll see you then. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening.